Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to the greatest horror movie review podcast in the galaxy and beyond. Why it's dead and lovely here with your good friends. Why it's me, downtown Uncle Ben. <laughs> downtown Uncle Ben, me, Hollywood Steve. Oh yes, indeed. It's How weird that you're dressed like downtown Julia Brown. Yeah, well, you know, I'm which is character. a reference the kids will get. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Kids are all about that. They stuff. love downtown all Julia about Brown. That stuff. How you been this week? Steven? Uh, it's it's only been a few days since we last recorded. Yeah, Yeah, we're trying to get on this new schedule and Uh stuff, so we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, um, it's been good though. I like uh, I've had a good few days. Yeah, basically just had the Friday night streaming chat, watched some football, and yeah, uh, went and watched Doctor Sleep a little bit ago. That's right. That's right. Which by now you guys probably have seen the mini sewed up. Go check it out. Good deal, man. Good deal. Yeah, I've had myself a pretty damn good week this week, too, man. It's been amazing how much extra time I have when mm-hmm. I'm not trying driving. to get my household and driving to Knoxville <laughs> yeah. all the fucking time. Yeah, like when you live here, you don't have to drive it's here. It's crazy, yeah. It's the craziest thing I've ever wake heard up of. there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had really one major day that I left Knoxville yeah. this week. And it's you had to, to go work, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's it. Yeah. And even at that, that's fine. Like, yeah. I like driving. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, driving can be fun. If I don't know, I get really stressed about driving yeah. because I don't like crowds, and I especially don't like crowds of cars. <laughs> the old crowds of cars, yeah. huh? Traffic. So traffic. Yeah, that's what they call it. I think next time I see like a, a bunch of traffic, I'm like, look at this crowd of cars. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. But if there's uh, like, whenever I would be driving home from your place after we recorded perfect drive there's never anybody in the way oh yeah it's late it's as just hell at night, the interstate yeah. like two in the morning the open road open road just fine i love driving when it's like that or on back roads when there's nobody else behind you or in front of you yeah that's not but the second somebody gets behind me on a back road i'm like fucking fuck not so much i hate you <laughs> and dude to celebrate all this newfound free time that i've had yeah i've had time to watch myself a couple of films this what you week been watching dude it's crazy how much time you have when you live in the city <laughs> it's true i'm loving it i'm Living loving it. I'm a fan. so for one the other night we happened to sit down and watch ourselves a mulan oh, okay mulan it's i haven't called. seen that in a long time i am unsure if i have ever seen it okay i thought that i how had. did you feel about it i felt that it was awesome okay I liked it a lot. It is very gay. Is it very <laughs> gay movie? I do. I've I've seen. I saw a video about that. Somebody pointing out all of those. Dude, go back and watch it again. Yeah. And you're gonna be like, how was this news? It'll be like whenever everybody was like, huh. Elton John's gay. It's like, well, yeah. no shit. Ricky Martin's gay. Yeah, yeah we knew. No George kidding. Michael's gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we all knew these. We things. know. Yeah. What are you gonna say? Boy George is gay next? No. We know. <laughs> whenever you go back and watch Mulan, you'll really be like. This was, huh? I think that movie was really just like predicting an entire generation of kids that are just like, maybe I'm unsure if I'm just a boy or a girl. Huh? Okay. And was trying to make a movie. So for Mulan them. not only holds up, but actually has a message more relevant now. Yeah. Okay. More relevant now. Because uh, that era of Disney movies isn't my favorite. No. Lion King's great. Little Mermaid, great. Pocahontas is terrible. Not a fan. I fucking hate it. It's so bad. It's been so long since I watched it. I can't say I have any feelings about it. Uh, Hercules is fine. Hercules is fine. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. The what what else you got? Emperor's New Groove. That's my number one. That one's a great one. I love Emperor's New Groove. But it's all a little weird. Like it's all different than stuff they'd done up to that point. Like there was just that era where they were like, let's see. 
I, I guess, you know, the early 90s wasn't like the best time for Disney. Yeah. And they were just trying stuff out. And some of it worked, and some of it is... Bleh. Yeah. Bleh. Mulan was pretty good. Yeah. Give it a, give it another okay. one sometime. It's pretty enjoyable. Uh, last night, I had myself a little double feature. Okay. We watched ourselves A Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh-huh. All right. Emily's been listening to that in the car, so yeah. normally when I get in the car, it's playing. Well, that's usually our kind of go-to, like, after Halloween, before mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah. That's where that movie goes. Yeah. Watched it last night. Very enjoyable romp. Still great. Still a really fun flick. Uh, there's so much stuff in there that I watch, and I'm just like, God damn, how much time did it take him to make that Forever. shit? Ever. All by hand, almost, right? Like, I don't yeah, think they I think really... it's entirely by hand. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know how anybody gets into doing stop motion. That, to me, would be like hell on earth. Have you seen, You've seen that episode of Parks and Rec where uh, Adam Scott's character, after he gets fired, yeah. he starts to do a stop yep. motion thing, and he'd been working on it for like a week, and yeah. it's just like four seconds of... And then that's how it is. Yeah. That is how it is. That's exactly how it is. Fucking amazing. So that was a good watch. And then uh, after that, Kate fell asleep on the couch, and I happened to... Uh, Turned myself on a little a little flick while I was changing some guitar strings. Something I'd seen before. Something that I know and love. And I thought, I can just have this on the TV. What it is. And be weirded out by a bunch of nonsensical silliness that was made by somebody that doesn't know how humans work. Okay. Dario Argento, I guess. Correct. Okay. Phenomena. All right. <laughs> it's on Shutter right now. And I was like, well, watching this. Mm-hmm. It is such a balls-ass weird fucking movie. Yes, it dude. is. It is a... Weird, uh-huh. silly, strange flick. Remember Episode when, number one of our remember show. Remember all those sweet burns that the, the students come up we with? We worship you. We, we worship. worship you. Remember her poster of her dad? That was weird. <laughs> Why? This is my rock Why? star dad. I hang up his poster yeah. in the dorm room. Ooh, weird. <laughs> it is just such a goofy Looney Tunes movie. Dude. Uh-huh. I have to wonder if Argento is just like on all the Italian cocaine while he's making that stuff. <laughs> You it makes know, no sense. You know he's just snorting mozzarella and snorting shooting oregano. up tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so high on spaghetti. Let's film the scene where you eat the baby food. <laughs> I forgot about the baby food. She's baby food. That's crazy. Off the back end of a toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. Why? I have no idea. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. I love really that fun. fucking movie, mm-hmm. dude. So I watched that last night, and in the middle of all this stuff, as I've been like working around the apartment mm-hmm. or walking the dog or whatever, mm-hmm. I started myself a little audio book in celebration of No Vampire. Yeah. In uh, in, in celebration of our main event that we got coming up yes, later this month. Yes, we do. I started doing the audio book of Twilight. <laughs> right, man. Yeah. How's it going? Is it, it great? Do you love it? It sure is going, Steve. It's going. It, it is, is not is stopping. Going. No, no, it, it is continues. not stopped yet. Uh-huh. It's a continuous audiobook. Uh-huh. Holy shit. It's really bad. What a pile of garbage. Yeah. What a pile of How garbage. did it ever get to the point that it got to where it's a best selling, like everybody is reading this? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, what it all comes down to is people love hearing their own voice that they have in their head in print. Mm. So whenever you mm-hmm. read that shit, it's like, this seems like something that my, you know, whatever, 14-year-old niece right. would have written. Yeah. And she was just a very typical girl, uh-huh. you know? Well, so, it's comprehensible, I guess, yeah, for people who can't really get deep into literature. There's nothing hard to understand about no, it. No, It's very straightforward. Dude, I've just gotten to the parts where, like, she starts going to school and fucking Edward, like, 
is grossed out by her and like hates her mm -hmm. obviously she's yeah. like he was immediately just like raging fuming angry looking at me yeah. and shit it makes no sense dude well, it's because no of that sweet sense. sweet blood she's got I haven't gotten to that yet dude her blood's so awesome vampires just can't fucking restrain themselves that's really gross it's that great 17 year old blood wait is she 17 in the first i one? can't remember she's old enough to drive because her yeah. her dad gives her a truck mm -hmm. and so far she has said my favorite line in the book so far is Let's hear. i never look a free truck in the mouth <laughs> yeah that's a sentence people would say yeah I never look a free truck in the mouth. Never look a free truck in, in the, the truck mouth. mouth. In the truck. Let me look in your truck mouth. <laughs> oh, those are bad teeth. I don't want this free truck. Yeah, get, the, get this truck out of here. What if trucks had teeth? <laughs> Just a big crowd full of cars <laughs> what with teeth. What if trucks had teeth? I'd love it. <laughs> it would be great. This book is fucking terrible. It's really it bad. It is a pile mm -hmm. of dog shit. Very stupid. I didn't just imagine then reading Fifty Shades of Grey, which is fanfic. From Twilight. It can't Which be Twilight is basically just interview with a vampire fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fanfic on fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching this week, Steve? Anything good? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. What'd you do for we the streaming the chat? Yeah, I was going to say, we, let's get the streaming chat out of the way first <laughs> before we talk about good stuff. Oh, I finally got Shudder now. So oh, you do? Yeah, so cool. I can join in with the Joe Bob stuff. Oh, sometime. cool. Cool. So the first movie that we watched was actually not terrible. Okay. Uh, what is it? What was it? What was the title of it? It was that one. That's the one. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. I don't know that, that one. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yeah, I think it's like 80... Is it a Batman movie? Yep. <laughs> that, we, made those, we made those jokes, yeah. We kept, ex we kept expecting that to happen, but it's, it's like 80 or 81. I would say the first half of it it was a good movie, and then it turns into a whodunit. And that's actually been an issue with a couple of movies we've done for the Friday Night Streaming Chat, where it's like, starts out as a good horror movie, then turns into a whodunit, and it's like, this is stupid. This is Aww. useless. So, we watched that. And then we watched Sharkenstein. 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 I'm going to guess from the title that this is a Frankenstein-type creature that's made of sharks. Yep. That's it. Well, it kind of says it right there on Fred Street for you. Most of the people that Sharkenstein kills are on land. Oh, land shark. Eventually, it get it gets arms. It has arms. Arms. Are they like shark arms or people arms? Like people arms. Dude. <laughs> it's really, really, really fucking bad. But fantastic. it was funny. It was really funny. By, like how bad it was, was fun. Which is what Friday Night Streaming Chat is all about. Yeah, exactly. So. But on the good side of things, okay. I finished Letterkenny. I just finished the most recent season. Letterkenny, go watch it. So you feel like it's something that I should definitely yeah. check out. Yeah. Damn. Great fucking show. Awesome. I think yeah, every season, but, every season's like six or seven episodes. So okay. It's not even like, and they're only like 20 to 25 minutes long. How many seasons are there? Seven. Wow. Yeah. Been around for a minute. A little bit, yeah. Does it get like progressively better and better, or does it all just kind of stay? I think awesome? it's, all, it's always it just stays at a, a consistent level of awesome. But yeah, it improves as the story gets more and more, you know, elaborated. Okay, but uh, it's awesome from the beginning. So go watch that. I finished Thirty Rock, and 
not this most recent streaming chat, but the streaming chat before that, we were talking about The Office, and I was talking about how I can't watch The Office. I I don't do cringe humor. I don't okay. like it. I okay. hate it. Uh, is, do you mean just like people being awkward like they are in real life and yeah, being lame yeah. and stupid? Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like super embarrassed while watching it, and you get that I don't sympathetic laugh. Embarrassment. Yeah, I yeah. don't laugh. So I've never watched all of The Office. If it helps mm-hmm. you to get into it and enjoy it, yeah. Um, I don't mean to like spoiler spoiler alert. Uh-huh. It's a scripted show. That's they're, true. They're acting. That is true. Yeah. That that helps some. So whenever Steve Carell is doing something that where you know he like thinks he's being uh-huh. really cool or funny, mm-hmm. but it, it's not. <laughs> it was it was written that way. Oh, yeah. It's right. fiction. It's a gotcha. fiction show. It is a fictional show. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a story. Make so, believe. Pretend. What I did was I just skipped the first season. I know. I know. Everybody out there is like, the British office is far superior or whatever. No, it's not because it's extremely cringy and I can't watch it. It makes me feel like vomiting. Like I'm so embarrassed by it. (laughs) I don't think I've ever watched any of the British one, honestly. I I have tried to watch it. I cannot stand it. And I can't stand the first season of The Office. So I, I went straight into the second season and I'm easing into it, trying to watch an episode and just see how I feel. Put your toes in the water. But it's okay. okay. I don't get why people love it so much. See, the thing is for me is the only the only bits of The Office that I've watched are mm-hmm. the first season. Yeah. Which I think everybody has said. It's like, yeah, it's not really the best. Give yeah, because it yeah, they're just trying. They're doing what the British office did, but yeah. in America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I haven't watched any of the later stuff. I see like clips and things that crack me yeah, up. Yeah, they're funny. tell yeah. me about it and I laugh about it, uh-huh. you know. Uh, but I've never sat down and, and really like watched yeah. it, watched it. I don't care about the Jim and Pam stuff. I just don't care about it. Yeah. It seems like it gets in the way of the show being funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Steve Carell's hilarious. Yeah. It's a, it's a hilarious cast of people. And there are some extremely funny moments. Well, my so problem that hopefully I've Hopefully I'll get as into it as everybody else seems to yeah. be. Yeah. My problem that I've had with it, too, is every time that I've tried to watch it, and again, this is one of those things that people that love The Office are just going to like fucking Hate. throw their phone yeah. across the room when I say this. Whenever I watch The Office, I'm just like, I don't know. Parks and Rec was like really yeah. good. Parks and Rec's way better. You know, because I've, so. I've watched all of Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. and obviously it learned a lot from The Office. Yeah, the first season of Parks and Rec is basically The Office ripoff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second season is when they become their own their thing. Their own thing, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Whenever I watch The Office, I'm just like, I don't know. Parks and Rec did this better. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's total blasphemy to say, but... It know. is probably, but I think Parks and Rec is better too. All right. I mean, they're they're the same. It's it's all Mike Shore. Um, he's also responsible for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, and, uh, The Good Place. And I like all those shows. So I'm, I'm trying to give The Office, uh, a fair shake. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to the Scott's Tots episode. I think I'm going to skip it. What's that? Uh, Michael Scott promises all these kids that, uh, he's going to send them to college and then forgets about it. And then they're all about to go to college and he's has to tell them that he can't oh no college that's very bad yeah i only watched half of it the one time i did try to watch it and i was like fuck no stop i can't do (laughs) this just can't handle it yeah yeah (laughs) i think it's pretty funny that we're sitting here on like a horror movie podcast where we watch like Uh the most gruesome brutal things but that you're like he can't not send those kids to college yeah I, i think i'd rather watch irreversible before watching Scott's Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Mm -hmm. Woof. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Steve, I'd like to get a pull to that. Me How about too. that? How about we get ourselves Let's something pull on it. to wet our whistles with? Yeah, my whistle's getting dry. So I've got something here that I picked up from the Merchants of Beer in M-O-B. old downtown Knoxville. Now, this is a beer from the Maine Brewing Company from Freeport, Maine. We've had Freeport, a couple Maine. from them before. Yes, indeed. We had that fantastic lunch IPA. So good. Just so good. This is one that they just put out for the season. It is called Fall. It is their coffee That is stout. this season. That's the season that we're in right now. Okay. It's the season of the wish. Must be the season of the wish. wish. I have had one of these before. It is a delicious okay. coffee stout. Oh, that wow. That's black. Perfect for this chill in the air we've been going uh, through. A nice it's, chocolatey head on it. Uh-huh. Man, that looks great. It was pretty nice outside in Tennessee today, but man, we've had some yeah, nights that have been down. getting down into like the 30s. Yeah, in a couple days, it's supposed to be below freezing and snow. I think Tuesday, yeah, yeah. they're calling for like some snow, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, this beer in a glass, due to its color and effervescence, if you look at the bottom part, you could say that was like Coke or Dr. Pepper. Yeah, it's so dark. It's a rich deep brown color and then, yeah that nice like chocolatey head on it it's a 5.6 percent oh, it smells great oh yeah and the the text on here says that as the leaves begin to change and cooler nights predominate we celebrate the turn of the season with a new beer fall developed from our former pilot beer series and is a stout made with cold brew coffee that was selected by our friends at coffee by design okay i want you to see what you think about that yeah, me too. i think it's mighty fine i poured mine with a Generous frothy head on it over here. Tip you off over here. How good is that? Oh, it's so coffee y. Yeah. And not sugary. And also, unlike most stouts, like it, it leaves behind a nice chocolatey coffee taste, but it's not like there's no sweet, like sickly sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it really just is kind of a dry. Yeah, that's stout. what it is. It's like yeah. a dry coffee stout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and nor does it have that like musty basementy yeah. thing a lot of really dark beers no, this have is that just I don't like. Coffee. It's just really fucking good. God damn right. It's interesting because it's a lot different than our, our other favorite coffee beer that gotta get up to get down by Wiseacre. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a great one. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And this is very different. Yeah, it is. You know? I'd say the, the Wiseacre one's a little more milky. Mm-hmm. Got got more of a creaminess to it. This sweeter. is this is this is much more like coffee. Yeah. Like a nitro brew. So good, man. Yeah, Maine Brewing Company, they don't fuck up. They do not. They do not fuck up. So if you ever find their stuff, it's always just got a good, simple, plain white label on it. And if the Maine uh, Beer Company wants to uh, sponsor us, getting them DMs. We slide into them DMs. Slide on in, y'all. Very cool. You watched anything else good? Played any video games this week, Steve? Oh, yes, I did. Um, so we talked last week about how, you know, it's unfortunate that most people, when they play Mario 3, they just skip, skip the levels. Yeah, so I, good stuff. I decided I'll just play every play single world, through. every single level. Nicely done. I've uh, Because I've only had you know short amounts of time to do it from time to time, I just got to level 6. So I just passed the giant world, which awesome. was awesome. Yeah, that giant world's so yeah. cool. And then the, the ice world so now i'm i'm in level six i don't even know i haven't started it yet so i don't remember what the theme of it is but it's a great game super mario brothers 3 great game with a lot of levels that i don't remember at all because i never really really played them yeah 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 it is a really good one in the series tight play controls great mm-hmm. soundtrack great innovative level design really fun it's a winner mm-hmm. well steve the subject of our show today Keeping going with our No Vampire. No Vampire. Our third annual No Vampire. We're going to be talking about interview 
with Anne Vampire. Anne Vampire Rice. Yeah, this is one of those things that the Mandela effect really, really fucked with. Because a <laughs> lot of people remember this as interview with a vampire. A vampire, but it's the vampire. It's the interview with Anne Vampire. The interview with Anne Vampire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that does sound right. It's better yeah. that way. The Vampire Chronicles. Yeah, because Christian Slater, he starts the recording, he's like, I'm talking to Anne Vampire. Yeah, this is the interview with Anne, Anne Vampire. Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is a movie, dude, that I'll tell you what, it is just a sexy, smoldering mm-hmm. hunk fest. It is. You know? Antonio Banderas. Oh, my Lord. You got a Brad Pitt Brad in there? Pitt. Pure a TC, hunk. a mm-hmm. cruise, mm-hmm. you got all kinds of other fops and dandies. There are fops, there are dandies. Yep. <laughs> just hunks all over the place. Hunks it's galore. Just a sexy movie. I don't know if this is like maybe the first time that they tried making cinematic vampires a sexy, sexy, because they're definitely a far cry from, let's say, a Nosferatu. Yeah, they are. Or Boris Karloff. And this is following, of course, Christopher Lee's more, I don't know, like the Hammer performances and his performances in the. Spanish language, or I guess they were just produced by Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his performances were a little more alluring. I'd say Bela Lugosi a little more alluring, but they weren't supposed to be punks. Yeah. They, they were supposed to have this like out. weird power over people, but not like automatically attractive. These guys are just automatically attractive. You know what I really wish? The same way that we had that whole line of like hammer features, like those classic vampire mm-hmm. flicks and stuff like that. Yeah. Don't you just wish that MC Hammer would have this late in life turn and be like, I'm remaking the Hammer movies. Uh-huh. But with me in them. Yeah. Yeah. And me producing them. Yep. And, and they're just all the classic movies that we know and love. I can't wait. But with Hammer. I would love for this to happen. Stanley? What was his name? Stanley Ipkiss? Is that his name? I what? Can't is it? I can't remember. No. Or is that the guy from The Mask? That's Stanley the guy from The Mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MC Hammer the Mask. You get them confused all What's the time. The Everybody yeah. does. <laughs> I just remember the MC Hammer cartoon where he had the dancing shoes that talk. Oh and my I think God. his name is Stanley. It's not Stanley Ipkiss. What but kind of I fucking think his name crackhead made that shit up? Uh, well, it came on before the New Kids on the Block cartoon where they had a pet dog for some reason. I, it, What they would do back then was go, what things do we already have animated? Okay. Can we slap the new kids of the block's faces on them? Boom, we've got a cartoon. The kids will love it. Yeah. And then we did watch it. We did, but it didn't last. So obviously the kids didn't love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Steve, this movie really just dialed it up. was just throwing so many of those Hollywood hunks at us. And man, it just really got me thinking. Yeah. I say before we get into the movie review portion here and start breaking down our thoughts on interview with and vampire. Mm-hmm. I say we just slide on into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. And maybe we just do our listeners a solid favor and give them mm-hmm. two straight cis white guys guide to hunks. Yeah. We're an authority. Now, we should admit <laughs> before we even start this list that we both had to stop ourselves because the lists were getting too long. They kind of, it kind of got out, away from us yeah. a little bit. Like, yeah. I, I proposed this idea and it's like, okay, let's both li- list down, you know, like maybe three hunks that we uh-huh. can talk about on here. And then the, the pen just... started scribbling, man. It yeah. was like automatic writing mm-hmm. coming from <laughs> my, my primordial like, lizard brain. Finally, we can admit it. <laughs> yeah. No, we stopped because we were like, this This might just end our, our marriages if yep. we keep on going with this. In the end. 
<laughs> I'm after Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to give you guys our list of completely unauthoritative mm-hmm. ideas of who straight guys think are probably yeah. punks. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was kind of my list was thinking of the, the dudes that my wife thinks is attractive. Because for me, it's like, I, I see the set of features it takes to be attractive, but sometimes I'll go like, oh, I think that guy has them, and my wife will be like, no. I know. I, so, I just thought of another one while yeah. we were talking about this. This list is growing. I know what you mean, though. And then there's other wild cards where there's other dudes, and I'm like, well, that guy's fucking hideous, right? He looks like a caveman. Yeah, and then, like, Women are like, oh, no, 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 no. I like smoking. caveman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really weird. It's one of those things that as, a, as just a, a straight dude who's not yeah. into dudes that way. Yeah. I have no idea. I think about it's what because works. we don't have a sexual connection to it. We're looking for an objective truth. Probably. But when we think yeah. about women, we know that that's true as well. That some dudes find this woman attractive, and some dudes don't find her attractive. True. It's not really like no one's objectively attractive, except for Idris Elba, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty universal. Yeah, yeah sure. we can all agree. You know, <laughs> let me just kick this list off with somebody who I think of as looking like a classic chiseled hunk of a man yeah. somebody who i think about like what's a man look like john ham yeah that's a handsome yeah. motherfucker right there john right? ham is also very funny that's what i yeah. like about him. that's yeah. what works for me yeah he's good looking and funny yep he's, he's got that classic handsome man face yeah. and that like handsome man booming voice yep but yeah he's got that funny voice dude. too you're mm-hmm. right yeah and mm-hmm. i think we all know him from like mad men and yeah. stuff like that but yeah, whenever you see him on like Thirty Rock and shit like that, <laughs> and you see that he also knows how to like be really fucking funny and yeah. stupid. Like, dude, him in um, Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, hysterical, <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> to me, there's something that's so great, male or female, about seeing anybody who's extremely attractive acting like an idiot. Yeah, big fan. P.S. This is neither here nor there. Did you happen to see Heidi Klum's Halloween costume this year? No. Oh my fucking what was god. It? Everybody listening to this, seriously, stop the show for just a second. Look up Heidi Klum's Halloween costume that she did this year. She always does these crazy elaborate Halloween mm-hmm. costumes and shit, right? Okay, that makes sense. She's got money. Yeah. And for this year, they did her entire like eight hour fucking makeup and prosthetics thing in this storefront of like the, I guess there's like an Amazon storefront in New York or something. Huh. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know anything about it. But they dressed her up and did all of her prosthetics and stuff in front of the store window. She's like this Frankenstein woman, but she's like she's like nude and she has like all these like biomechanical like tubes and hoses and like her hmm. brain is exposed and what? she looks disgusting. That's cool, dude. It's so fucking badass, right. man. So yeah, I just thought of gorgeous people being awesome. That's yeah, where that's my cool. mind went. Who's a classic hunk for you, Steve? Hmm. I I mean. Chris Hemsworth comes to mind. That's who, again, that's who I wrote down just a second ago. Yeah. <laughs> again, I think it's because I think he's really funny. He is. See, again, I know he's attractive. Yeah. I know he's attractive. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say no. Not Chris Hemsworth. Not that guy. Yeah. But like, he seems like a really fun guy to hang around. Yeah. Like he, he seems that way. He and his brothers seem like genuine people. And which again, is fun. He's got that cool voice. He does. He speaks all. Uh, you know. From the southern hemisphere. Yeah, you know that's what I'm right. talking about. Down under. Down under. Mm. Aussie. Ooh. Vigimoit. <laughs> In the style. Drop bear. <laughs> Drop bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hemsworth is a guy that, again, classic combination. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. Chiseled features. Humorous. Yeah. 
seems I, like a winner to me. Seems like that's somebody I would call hunk. He seems like because like you know a lot of the people who like Chris Evans wanted to stop being Captain America because it's like real hard to maintain that physique. Oh lord, yes. Whereas with for Chris Hemsworth, it seems like hard. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, I, just, I wake up like I this. wake up like this. He makes yeah. it look easy. He does. He it, makes it's just being like gorgeous he and look what's easy. his name, the Cal Drogo guy. They oh, both yeah, just make Jason being a, a behemoth look like what they do. That's, <laughs> I just woke up a behemoth, fucking but Mitch, I have a child's brain. Mitch sent me a, a meme earlier that said, Rob Zombie looks like if you put Jason Momoa in a microwave on high for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it has like a comparison of Rob Zombie and Jason yeah. Momoa. And it's like, he yeah. got, they do look similar. Kind of yeah. nuked them on high uh-huh. for a while. And you got Rob Zombie, I guess. <laughs> Pretty funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, good choice, man. How about I? How about I take us way School back, me. Let's way, hear way, way back? Who this is? And this might this might seem weird, but I'm gonna go back to like whenever we were talking about the Halloween sequels, and you said you had a crush on Danielle Harris, but yeah. you were eight at the time and she was nine. Yeah. So this is one of those kinds of deals. I want to take it way back to the first time I think anybody in our generation, maybe that record skipped a beat, and we went, "Hang on, now, am I attracted to a Treyu from the Neverending Story?" <laughs> Because I think we all did that, right? Because we were uh, all like, maybe Atreyu's a girl. Maybe not. I don't I, know. Yeah, there's that ambiguity <laughs> there. I don't remember particularly being attracted to Atreyu, but I do remember being attracted to Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yes, so I just do remember, on, just I do remember watching and thinking, is Atreyu a girl? I know, yeah. right? Because you're like, that's maybe a very pretty boy yeah. or a very rugged uh, female. Yeah. Just huh. being unsure. I didn't, w- I guess I, I watched Never Ending Story a few times as a kid, but I guess I, it wasn't one that I watched enough that I would have been thinking specifically about Atreyu. But yeah, now that I think about it, yeah. Yeah. I know, I know from, or I know for a fact that like for a lot of people in our age group, a lot of people have that same story mm-hmm. where they're like, mm-hmm. when I found out Atreyu was a boy. Like, what? <laughs> It made me have a confuse. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's one of my early, early ones. Okay, so this one, I I think, I I, I can tell that he's attractive, but to me, he just looks kind of like an oldish man. But with his personality, I get it. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo's a hunk. Is he? He's a hunk. That's one of those ones yeah. that I would see and go, probably not a hunk. No, he's totally a hunk. Really? Yeah. People huh. weigh into him. Uh, Dan Harmon calls him kissy face Mark Ruffalo because oh, his Lord, natural face kind of looked like he's about to kiss you. He kind of does. Yeah. yeah. He kind of does yeah. have that face. He's just always locked and loaded back But there, he's also he? got like great personality, funny guy, seems to really be genuine sort of person. Interviews and stuff I've seen with him, he seems just like a yeah. real fucking chill dude. Yeah. Until you make him angry. Don't make him angry. Well, yeah. Steve. Then he gets big and green. Yeah. That's Mark. That's a Mark Ruffalo condition, right? I'm pretty sure it is. They just well, made the incredible. That's why Hulk they cast him. Of, yeah, yeah. That's why he got casted for it. They're like, we don't even have to paint him green. We just have to make him mad. <laughs> Amazing. And then they found out it was hard to make him mad, and they were like, "Hi, yeah. get the green paint." Well, then Trump got elected, and then it was easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just turn on the news for a second, and suddenly he's big and green, Boom. big green machine. So yeah, that Mark Ruffalo. He's a good looking dude. Uh, he's an older guy. He, like to me, I, I think. When you look back at him as a younger guy, he looks basically the same as he does now. Yeah. He's always had like an older man face. So I bet when he was in like high school and stuff, he probably wasn't considered handsome. But now he's like, 
Yeah, old dude handsome. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good choice right there. Who you that's got, man? How about one? How about I take it back to those glory days of watching the rock and roll stars on the MTV? Yeah. And I'm talking about one very 70s fashion decked out, flying V-wielding, dreadlocked Lenny Kravitz from the <laughs> Are You Gonna Go My Way video. Yeah. Total hunk, right? Yeah. I think I'm right about that. That Lenny Kravitz is a good looking dude. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. he's just like quit aging, I guess. Yeah, I he think he's, he decided same. to stop that at like 20. I'm pretty sure. Because yeah. I saw him even in those Hunger Games movies, and I'm like, oh, yeah. he looks the fucking same. He looks the same. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that one. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of a lot of people that are into dudes are into a Kravitz. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. Okay. This is one of my wife's faves, and I totally get it. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Now, see, again, that's a guy that I look at, and I'm like, he looks like a troglodyte, yeah. but women love him. It's, uh, he, he's he got something about him. Like, you just see him in interviews, and he's just so, like, level-headed and cool yeah. and just, like, I don't know. He, he's he got a lot, and he seems very sensitive. Uh-huh. He would be a good lover, I bet, Ben. A considerate and mature Tom lover. Hardy, holla at me, buddy. He's one of those guys that I look at and I'm like, I think that he is objectively as handsome as like Jeremy Renner, which is to say he just they looks do like... They do look similar. Yeah. He just likes, look like, he like, looks like dude, a guy who Just would, some dude. Yeah, fix your yeah. fucking outlets in your house mm-hmm. or something. Like, I just think they look like normal-ass guys. Yeah. But there's something about them. Handsome fellas. I don't get it. I yeah. Don't get it. I think maybe more people are into Tom Hardy than Jeremy Renner, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Jeremy Renner seems like a tool. Ah, yeah, yeah. A little bit, he maybe. seems like a loser. A little bit, maybe. Come at yeah. me, Hawkeye. He's got. Oh, by the way, if we're mentioning Jeremy Renner, just look up Jeremy Renner fingernails. fingernails. And then after that, look up uh, what's his name, uh, Mickey Rourke fingernails. I'm getting creeped out by what I'm gonna see. Yeah, you should. What am I gonna see? You're gonna see some weird-looking fingernails that they both have. Do they have the weird shit where it curves over the end of the finger? Uh, they're like bubbly. Oh no! Oh, what are you talking it's about? It's like bubbly. a big bubble, and it does sort of like, yeah, like curved over. Oh, like, you're talking about like where like the nail itself is like a big yeah. fucking bubble. I thought yeah. you meant like it was covered. And in they're bubbles. huge. They're like ovular, like Ugh. both of them. I read up on it, and apparently it's a trait of alcoholism. No so. way! Really? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I mean, neither of us is, is my, dealing yeah, with I'm that. I'm looking at yeah. mine now. I'm like, oh, no. But look it up. It's so weird. Is and, and while you're at it, look up Madonna's arms if you just want to puke tonight. Oh <laughs> Madonna's arms. I have, like, referenced Madonna's arms so many times in my life, you don't even know. Yeah. She's, got, like, she's got, like, witch, like, tree limb arms. <laughs> yeah, like she's a dryad. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen this thing that a lot of people are doing with, like, Guys and girls, they get their nails all done up, and they have, like, things physically, like, glued to their yeah, nails, or they have, like, have a little chain this. that goes from one nail yeah. to the other and shit. That fucking grosses me out. Me too. I think about if I put my hands in my pockets, and you're feeling that shit hit your pockets. Yeah. Dude. I Long fingernails nails in general gross me out, because the shit that you get under Ugh, your fingernails disgusting. is is shit. Yeah. Like, absolutely. There's feces under your fingernails. The, the first longer, time I thought about, ugh. like, a chick with big, done-up nails fucking wiping her ass, like, 
Oh, it's got to be awful. Oh, it's got to be awful. There have to be rem, there have to be remnants. Yeah, there has to be remnants has, under them. Oh, I know. It's the word. I hate long fingernails. Oh, now every time I see somebody with long fingernails touching my food, Sorry. I'm gonna be like, no, you take it back. I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> I'm not hungry. <laughs> when was the last time you wiped your ass? <laughs> have you ever wiped your ass ever? Oh, uh, even if you say no, that's worse. That is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. How about we? How about we toss this into a different realm here? Toss it. I want to toss it into the realm of video games. Video games? What do you know about Vega from Street Fighter? <laughs> <laughs> Vega's a hunk, right? Oh. He's got that Spanish, that Latin flair. He's got a little Banderas thing going on. Oh, yeah. He fights with that mask because he's so pretty. He's too pretty. He doesn't want to hurt his face. Yeah. yeah. He'll scratch you with that claw. But I would say pretty boy, not hunk. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You might you might have just found yeah. a difference here. Yeah. He might be more. He's, of a pretty he's boy more than of a hunk. pretty boy than a hunk. But I mean, he fights in street fighting tournaments, which that's hunkish. All right, then biggest hunk in Street Fighter. Oh damn! Are you gonna say Guile? Are you a real American? I, I was gonna say Guile, but then Ken. I was like, Ken. Can you imagine that hair in real life? He'd look ridiculous. Look ridiculous. Yeah. I think Ken is clearly the. Oh, choice. I'm into brunettes. So are you. Ooh, look yeah. at that! Mm -hmm. You got the polar opposite thing yep. going on right here. Very sexy. <laughs> I like Ken because he's got that swagger. You know what I mean? He he's does. like a little bit more cocky. He's a little yeah. bit more sure-footed. <laughs> this is the exact thing. <laughs> Sprite, the dullest conversation yeah. we've ever had on the show. <laughs> I just want to interject to say yes, yeah. we realize. Yeah, we realize. <laughs> Whatever. You got another one over there? Uh, yeah. Uh, let me let me finish off with with um. <laughs> I I was gonna I was gonna go with James McAvoy. Okay. Yeah. But I'm gonna go a little bit further back. McAvoy to. Ewan McGregor, you just saw in that yeah. Doctor Sleep movie. Uh -huh. He's still a handsome fucking dude. I think a McAvoy, McAvoy's a good looking guy. Is good. I think a Fastbender, Fastbender? Is, is a handsome yeah. fella. Mm -hmm. I think Fastbender is is one of the more yeah. attractive Hollywood hunks of this day. Yeah, plus huge dick. Yeah, yeah. He's packing a hog, packing a biggin. Oh no, <laughs> what are you gonna do with all that stuff? Ah, uh, you know, mostly it's. Just maintenance, I imagine. I think so. What you gonna do with it? Yeah, exactly. Predominantly peeing and washing it, taping it to your leg and stuff when you were probably shorts, having to tape it. Yeah, like I can't imagine having to tape my dick to my leg. Nah, man, I, I couldn't imagine having Poor to tape Michael fast my dick to your leg. I can though. <laughs> I can, can see, see that. I can it's see gonna that. Work. Yeah, it's gonna work. It's like a three-legged race, but man, that's a. <laughs> That's a, a much more of a challenge of a three-legged <laughs> race. You tape one dude's dick to the other dude's leg. <laughs> don't run too have, fast. Don't run too fast. Don't run too fast. <laughs> That's the new three-legged race. <laughs> I like it. I, I think like it, it could also be one of those things that like becomes really prominent in circles where dudes are just trying to be like, I'm not gay, dude. Yeah. I'm not gay. No, tape your dick to my leg. Yeah. That'll I, show. It's not That'll a big you. deal to me because I'm not gay. Oh, okay. Three-legged race, bro. All right, I got the tape. Let's do it, bro. All right, it's fine. Let's you, do it. You can you touch my dick, and it's fine. Cause let's just tape our dicks together and rub them back and forth. Cause we're so not gay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is this doing anything for you? Yeah. It's not doing anything for me either. Are you getting a boner? It's because I'm thinking about girls. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We're both thinking about girls with our dicks taped together. <laughs> taped together. Taped together. Oh no. I'm thinking Scotch tape. <laughs> 
Not even like something that's definitely gonna hold it together. I think because I'm in moving mode, I was thinking like clear packing tape. Oh yeah, clear you know packing I mean? tape. Yeah, like, that's that's a pretty sure bond right there. <laughs> I'd probably gaff tape that thing down if I want it to not run off for sure. I'd use a gaff tape. I think yeah, so. You gotta get real. You know, I've got I've got a couple more. I just mm-hmm. wanna I wanna Let's rattle off right here. I'm gonna go with a George Clooney. Oh, George Clooners. He's clearly a hunk, right? Yeah, he's George Clooney. Obviously yeah. a hunk. Mm-hmm. And a smart hunk at that. Yeah, and funny. He yeah. can do comedic stuff. A he southern boy handsome. as well. Is he? Yeah, he's from Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. Kentucky. I think I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Huh? He's somebody that I think is very objectively. Yeah, I think he's a, a he's a handsome dude. Yeah, I think that guy's yeah. on it. Uh, Brad Pitt, we didn't include. Well, yeah, he's in the movie. He's in the movie, and he's the one who sparked us doing this. Basically, yeah, he's such a hunk. He's uh, yeah, and he's still he's still a good looking guy. Smokes a lot of weed, apparently. Yeah, but makes me want to hang out with him even more. Ah, yeah. Uh, what do you think about Sebastian Bach back in the day from Skid Row? <laughs> Again, he's on that line of pretty boy yeah. and hunk. What do you think like about Sebastian woman. Bach in Gilmore Girls? Um. I think back in the day, he looked just like yeah. a gorgeous woman. <laughs> he did look like a pretty lady back in the day. <laughs> Boy, but that was like he's all of the days, 80s. He's man. He's looking yeah. rough these days. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, back in the day, he was like fucking 6'5", wore heels too, so he was like yeah, damn seven feet tall. Yeah, a gigantic man. Whipping that hair back and forth. The best of both worlds. Man and woman. Man and woman. Yeah. And Skid yeah. pretty badass band. That's true. Can you take... No, no, it's Damn Yankees. Oh, it's it's Damn no. Yankees. That's Damn Yankees. Yeah. What about 18 and life just started? There we go. 18 and life, life to go. <laughs> That's a really shitty song. It is. <laughs> so corny. <laughs> well, dude, I think that we've proven that even though, bro, we're not gay. We're not gay or nothing. True. But we know hunks. Yeah. We know hunks. Yeah, because I got, I got a, a bunch more. I, I got a bunch say. more. Yeah. I could keep going. <laughs> I could just, this could go on and on, on and on. On and on and on and on. But there's more I pressing matters. I didn't even matters. think about video game hunks. I, dude, yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> did you think about Ryder Strong? Because I did. Oh, of course I did. Yeah. You know, um, so we did the Buffy episode, and I was talking about how Luke Perry had that, like, Caesar cut. Yeah. And it wasn't really in fashion at the time. To check that, I went back to some old yearbook, and the Ryder Strong haircut reached its peak of popularity in 1996 in East Tennessee. The smoking bowl. Like every other dude in my 1996 yearbook. Oh yeah, rocking the butt that cut. haircut. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I would have been in your yearbook, you would have seen me rocking it right there with yeah. him. I did a little I was shave, a little undercut. Yeah, me too. Did you do a center part or an? Offset? I did a center part, but I shouldn't have because my hair. Uh, on the left side flips out. Mm, yeah. So I would have like straight hair here and then flip out over here. Something for everybody. Yeah. It's something for people who like hair that looks bad and people who like <laughs> hair that looks good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely rocked that myself uh, circa 1996 as mm-hmm. well. A side it looks, part for me. It's it part of about like bad. where yours is now. Or yeah. It's kind of like on one side. Yeah. yeah. It looked bad. No, it didn't. Yeah. No, Ryder pulled it off. Not on everybody. Ryder Strong pulled it the fuck off. Yeah, there there were a lot of boys that I knew that had that that had like hair that was like five times too thick to do. Yeah. So it's just like this big poof wig on their head. Yeah. That's what I was noticing. Yeah. 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 Like I always had straight, you know, silky kind of hair. So I think it worked pretty good. Probably about as good as a bowl cut can work on a homeschooled Christian boy. Probably about as best as it could. Bowl cutted homeschooled Christian boy. That's my fucking country album. 
That I mean, <laughs> he's just a bold cutter school boy, <laughs> homeschool Christian boy. That's uh, that would be if I saw that on Craigslist and the missed connections. <laughs> You would report it you, immediately. You, bowl-cutted, homeschooled Christian boy. Me, guy you saw at the pharmacy. Dude, did I show <laughs> you on Craigslist the fucking skank banger missed person ad? No. Dude, it was, um, okay. So somebody, this, this was at a skank banger concert, yes. I assume. Okay, yeah. Uh, there was that skank banger show that we played, like, the day before we went to the beach this summer. And right. when I was at the beach, one of the guys from the band sends me like this screenshot of an actual Craigslist ad that he found that was like, looking for girl from Skank Banger show. <laughs> and somebody seriously put up an ad that was like, seen you at the Skank Banger seen show the other day. Seen you at the Skank Banger You was show. a girl wearing cute little white shorts. Oh. <laughs> I would like to get together with you. Oh, sweetheart. I like to think that we're making divorces out there someday. I hope Future so. Future divorces. Yeah, I hope so. Helping people make bad decisions. I. It seems like those scruffy shows probably bring together uh, two sets of people that shouldn't be together, yeah, which is... Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? <laughs> but Which is uh, college girls enjoying hair metal in an ironic but not ironic fashion. Sure. And then... 45-year-old guys really enjoying reliving their hair metal days thinking I have a shot with her. Yes. You don't. No. You don't. That's not happening. Sweetie. No. No. (laughs) Not unless you look like Idris Elba. Yeah, I mean, well, yes. He comes to our show sometimes. He probably, if he came into one of your shows, would get the most attention. Oh, clearly. As he is extremely tall. Yeah. He'd suck up all that attention. Very good looking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, you guys would probably just stop playing and be like, hello, it's Idris Elba, come up on stage, and then he would kick you guys off and do a DJ set or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, <laughs> Skankbanger show. We're going to go at the bar closed and get some shots. due to Idris Elba. <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> These things happen all the time. Now, Steve, let's get on here and let's quit mm. talking about fucking get hunks. Just get hunks off your mind. I'll get hunks off. Okay. Get I'll hunks quit. off. Let's quit talking about fucking hunks. Let's get off hunks. Yeah, let's get them off. Get them off. Get them on out of here. Get your, your dicks and your balls out of here, hunks. <laughs> We're straight men. That's us. And let's start talking about interview with the vampire, vampire. from 19 yeah. and 94 when I was only 10 years old and screenshotting Vega dick pics of him doing high kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Discovering myself. Exploring my sexuality. Yeah. I remember when this movie came out. I didn't see it in the theaters. I was too young to go see it in the theaters. I, I didn't see it until I was probably a late teen or in my 20s. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I remember watching it when I was maybe 13 or 14. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember there being this buzz among like our moms that this was like oh, yeah. a hot movie. Punk galore. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is one of those things that to me, I'm like... I don't think this movie's hot at all. Well, and the thing that, that I don't get about it is like, why would my very conservative, like, right. super Christian baby boomer mom be like, those two boys sure are getting their faces close to each other. Why would that be hot to our moms? I don't get it. Hmm. Like, it seems like that should be like mega turnoff. I don't know. Right. Huh. Oh, man. You That's know what I just thought of? How could we not have mentioned the sexiest boy, Shawn Michaels? He's, He's just a sexy, a sexy boy. Sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. I mean, clearly the hunkiest. Yeah. But uh, why why did our like I did, that moms is, think this was hot? I don't understand. That is I don't know. Because like I know my mom didn't 
pay any attention to it. But my aunt, I remember, I saw it because my aunt rented it. But of course, she rented every horror movie back in the day, so I don't know that she had any particular interest in it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, this was. Yeah, it's a, it's a very a forbidden fruit, homoerotic for movie for Christian moms. Yeah, I don't understand that. Huh? Yeah, weird. Maybe that's why they like Twilight so much because it gets yeah. rid of that. Because I mean, it's very similar. Just eliminate the homoeroticism and make it guys Straight competing. Mormon. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, anytime two men are competing over a woman, uh, there is some bond between them that may be more important than their desire for the woman. Oh, look so out. we'll talk about that when we get to Twilight. But in this, <laughs> and in this case, uh, the homoeroticism is, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I think the person we're looking at is Lestat, who basically is setting the rules that he thinks vampires should live by. Yeah. Well, he doesn't establish that there's a whole world of vampires. He's just like, okay, I've made you a vampire and this is what we do. But there's like all these other vampires out there that have their, own, their own little world. Yeah. yeah. But Lestat has this like amoral approach to life. And that's why, what's his name? Brad Pitt. Louis. That's Louis. why Louis has yeah. so much trouble, like, I guess, converting to vampirism. To, to fully getting into it because he's not being taught the way these other vampires do it where there's like some sort of honor to it and things like that. Mm. He's being taught Louis or uh, Lestat's way, which is just kill for fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he definitely does live by a different code mm-hmm. than what we see from like the yeah. Banderas crowd where they have yeah. these more stringent laws about like you killed one of your own kind. That's a crime yeah. and is unforgivable and this kind of thing. Uh, Lestat's morality just seems to be like, I don't know, get away with it. Yeah. He just doesn't care. He he basically is... He's got the Joker sort of mentality. Let the world burn. I don't give a shit. Well, and the thing that I do like about the movie especially is how... Because you have Lestat who brings Louis into this world. And, you know, he creates this whole world for Louis and shows him the ropes and makes him immortal and all this yeah. kind of thing. Uh, but at the same time, there is this, like, resentment. There is this resentment towards their creator you know mm-hmm. him and uh kirsten dunce later yeah. in the movie both grow to resent lestat yeah and grow to dislike their creator yeah and i like that kind of bit of the mythos that's one of those things that's always really cool whenever they explore it in movies like even fucking um what was that that newest alien movie that was such a piece of shit oh uh it was a uh, covenant covenant right there was some cool stuff with david and like you know the mm-hmm. people that created blah 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 i don't yeah. know i like that kind of exploration yeah and there's a good bit of that in this movie there is okay so let's just get let's start talking a little bit about the production because I, I wanted to say some stuff there and i realized we need a little bit of background about Anne rice and and this whole thing so Anne rice in 1972, Anne Rice's six-year-old daughter died from leukemia. Ooh, damn. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And Yikes. so Rice fell into a deep depression and turned to alcohol to cope. So okay. she's she's dealing with depression and alcoholism. Uh, in 1973, she began reworking a short story that she had written five years earlier. And the, the short story was basically a vampire being interviewed, but it, it wasn't very long. She turned it into a 338-page novel. And after completing the novel and receiving rejection after rejection after rejection, she developed OCD. So she's dealing with depression and alcoholism and now OCD. 
And then she attended a writer's conference in August of 1974. And while she was there, she met her future literary agent, Phyllis Seidel. And by October, Seidel had sold the the novel, Interview with a Vampire, for a $12,000 advance, which was $10,000 more than they normally gave for an advance. Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa, she's a fucking genius. Uh huh. She sold the movie rights a month before the novel had even been released. So the movie rights were bought in 1976, April of 1976. So I thought that the book was written like in the 90s and yeah. that this was like a hot property. And then the movie came out like, I mean, just like what we see now yeah. with Twilight and shit like that. Yeah. That this was like fucking 20 years yeah. later. It had been around for, for almost 20 years. I had no clue. What happened was that Paramount bought it and intended to turn it into something, but then they had some issues and they ended up selling it to Lorimar, who then had issues. They ended up selling it to Warner Brothers, who weren't sure what they were going to do with it. And then Geffen Productions came along and David Geffen was a huge Anne Rice fan and wanted to make sure the, the movie got made. Mm-hmm. So Geffen Productions came along and worked with Warner Brothers to make sure it got made and gave it a budget of $60 million. That's how much he wanted it to be fucking made. That is a lot. $60 million. Yeah. In fucking 90s yeah. bucks. Now, it wasn't too big of a gamble because Anne Rice was still popular. She was still releasing Vampire Chronicles books I was going to say, yeah by, yeah, by this time, this is an established like series yeah. of books, right? Yeah, so there, there's already an established audience it's been around uh was a bestseller been around for over you know 15 18 years and basically the only real issue they ran into after david geffen decided that he was going to make sure it happened was Anne rice's dislike of the casting of tom cruise so she was not on board with that. no not she did not think that. tom cruise could be lestat and I she, why. she, I, well, at this point, what, I mean, what did she Tom like? Cruise he's too do? gay. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was it. But uh, like, I'm just trying to think, I, I don't know what major dramatic role he had done where he had yeah, carried say, I mean, the we, whole movie. We've had like Top Gun and yeah, Top Gun, yeah. and whatever. Yeah. All of those are just like, he's the coolest. Yeah. That's yeah, the character. Cool and, and this, he's not, he's, he's the villain. Like he's the bad guy, really. But he's still supposed to be like kind of charismatic, yeah. and charming. So maybe she just devil thought, may care. I mean, she she thought that they should switch Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. So she obviously believed in Brad Pitt. It was just Tom Cruise that she had trouble with. But by the time she saw the movie, once it come out, she retracted that. Said, "I think Tom Cruise did a great job. I think he does a good job. I think so too. I think that he kind of does a good job of of yeah being kind of morally ambiguous, sometimes reprehensible, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time charming and yeah. uh, devil may care and so and on. that laugh is great. He yeah. does a great job of picking an annoying, almost childish, impish sort of laugh. Totally, yeah, yeah mischievous laugh. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think he looks weird as shit, blonde. Yes, he does. I think he looks really weird. Yeah. It'd be like if I was blonde. It's like yeah, it just that would be weird. odd. Yeah, it looks strange. <laughs> It'd be strange. That being said, frost my tips next week, dude. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm becoming a big city boy now. <laughs> Steve, I want to pop open another beer before we pop get going on the rest of this cast. How about we have ourselves another suggestion by Bearded Iris? Oh, love me a bearded Iris. This is a double IPA of theirs. 
And uh, I had one of these the other night after I had already had many other things to drink. <laughs> many mystery fluids. Yeah. This is a 7.8 anter. And Whoa, I... 7.8. All right. Yeah, it's a big boy. The double it's a double IPA. You got to expect that. I have a feeling you're going to love this long time. It me reminds it. me long time. of if Homestyle, their beloved Homestyle yeah, IPA... Yeah, you're pouring it. It already looks like the Homestyle. Yep. Yeah. It reminds me of if that was drier. Okay. Uh, obviously stronger. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe... I'm not going to say less funky. I'm just going to say a different kind of funky. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like James Brown versus P-Funk. Funk. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's a different kind of yeah, funk. Yeah, still funk, though. Oh, definitively mm-hmm. still funky. I think I actually oh, may great. like this more than the Homestyle. Homestyle has that mm-hmm. like really dank funkiness on the back yeah. end that kind of dominates your palate. This is a little bit less of that. This reminds me more of some of the beers that like, like my buddy Eric has sent me from like San Francisco and okay. stuff. More like a West Coast yeah. beer. It smells very grapefruity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it looks like dirty sink water. It looks like <laughs> maybe some cloudy chicken broth or something. But how good is that? Whoa. Woo, man, that is good. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That is, whoa. That's a lot of flavor. Yeah, it is. Well, does but it, not like does too much us? of anything. No, you know? not too much of anything. I think that, it says what hops are on, okay, on the bottom go, right yeah. there. What all is in there? Uh, we got Nelson, Citra, and Matuica. Matuica. Are Matuica. Citra the ones you think you're allergic to? No, no. Which one's uh, that? I don't remember. Oh, no. Simico. 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 I think I'm that. allergic to those. Yeah. Okay, so not any of these. Not any of those. That's yeah. really good, that right? That is really good. It's got... And you would never suspect that's eight percent, basically. No, you would not. Crazy it's good. very juicy. Yeah, very. It's got like citrusy. It's also got that like fruit punch sort of flavor, which is why I was expecting it to have whatever those hops are. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck are the hops that taste like fruit punch? Shit. Ah, uh, I, I forgot. Remember, yeah. Whatever. So good. Yeah. Though. Big fan. Really good. Yeah. Big, big fan. Now, opposite of Tom Cruise's Lestat. We've got Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt. Louis, and at this point, Brad Pitt. I mean, he'd done what Legends of the Fall and shit mm-hmm. by now, I think. Yeah, he the he had done Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise, which I've never seen. True Romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His huge role in True Romance yeah. as the stone guy on the couch. Yeah, autobiographical role. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, he he hadn't done a ton by this point in no. 1994, but he was already like Hollywood heartthrob. Sort of guy. I'll say, man, um, you know, I know that we'll probably eventually talk about Brad Pitt again on the podcast one day whenever we yeah. do like seven mm-hmm. or I don't know. Do you think like 12 Monkeys gets into that category? No, no, no not I mean, really. It's a little more sci fi. Sci fi, yeah. I think Brad Pitt is a extremely underrated actor. Yeah. He's one of those guys that has never won an Oscar or anything no. like that in his life. Yeah. Uh, but he has played so many iconic, memorable roles that everybody knows and everybody has seen and everybody yeah. loves. It's fucking Tyler Durden, you know? He is. Uh, the fucking gypsy guy from... <laughs> from Snatch. Snatch, yeah. yeah. It's like all these roles that are so uh, great and memorable. Aldo Rain. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lieutenant Aldo Rain. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, but he just doesn't get credit, I think, because he's such a hunk. Yeah. I, I think, like, it would be easy to not notice what he's doing with the roles yeah. because he sort of buries himself in them but he's still handsome Brad Pitt like even Aldo Rain like doing the underbite thing and yeah 
kind of a sling blade face. He's still a good <laughs> he looking does dude. Have a sling blade yeah. face. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Whereas Billy Bob Thornton can do sling blade face, and you're like, whoa, Ugh. what the hell? Yeah. Brad Pitt does it, and you're like, oh, you. That's a guy, fucking Billy Bob Thornton. That's one of those guys that I'm like, I'm pretty sure not a hunk at all. I'm pretty sure every woman should Angelina Jolie was him. into him. Makes no sense. Well, she's fucking crazy, dude. That's true. She's a crazy she person. She was also into Brad Pitt for a while. Yeah. So that makes no sense to me. No. Yeah, well, strange. I mean, he, I think with Billy Bob Thornton, a lot of it is he's talented. Though, from what I hear, he can be a real asshole yeah. to people. Yeah. But I think that's probably true of all of us. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah, Brad Pitt, man, I think he's a very underrated actor and... You know, honestly, he didn't really have a lot to do yeah. in this movie. He hated being in this movie. Why? Because he had nothing to do. Well, that yep. that would make sense. He's, his character did nothing, and they had to shoot in the dark for uh, like a couple months on end. So oh, he didn't really? really see the light for a couple months, and Ugh. he just got depressed. Yeah, I was going to say, that'll, that'll make you get shitty right there. Just unhappy with the role and, and all that stuff. Damn, yeah. dude. Yeah, I was reading some shit, too, about, like, in order to make their veins on their face, like, stand out uh-huh. more, like, they'd have to hang upside down for, like, 30 minutes well, the, before uh, shooting well, okay. and shit. I, I, when I first read that, I was a little like, what the fuck? But actually, what happened was Stan Winston had them come to the makeup trailer, hung them upside down for 30 minutes, and then traced their veins so that they could then oh. do the veins on their face, and it would look natural. Okay, I yeah, got so it. Yeah, so they didn't have to do that every day. They just did that one. Oh, I got yeah. it. So yeah. every time you see the veins after that, it's just a they've done like a they makeup a photo stencil yeah. sort of thing and, and put it on their face. That yeah. would be really stupid if they had to do that every fucking yeah. time. Yeah, every time before the shot. <laughs> It'd be amazing though if they really did that and all the vampires were like dizzy as fuck, like no! stumbling around, yeah. falling into Vomiting. each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eyes are all blood red all the time. Damn. But yeah, honestly, the character of Louie in this, it's like his entire thing is he's sad. Mm-hmm. Uh kind of wants to die most of the time he's, he's emo he's, he's very emo. emo yeah louis which the emo is vampire. not how the character was in the book have you ever read the book i started reading the book in eighth grade didn't get still working on it. still working i'm still on. working i'm about halfway through it so <laughs> i might go back to it i haven't read the book either is. i started reading uh that Anne rice book it's first of some like witch series or something oh okay she, she yeah she's had a more recent new series I don't know if it's uh-huh. recent or not, but um, again, still working on it. Okay. Never finished that one up for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, so I haven't read the book, so I can't comment on that. But you're saying in the book he was apparently a bit different, a little yeah, less emo. Yeah, in fact, he makes, a, he makes a very specific comment about not being mopey or, or whatever. I'm happy. Yeah. So they... But, I mean, Anne Rice wrote the screenplay Uh-oh. and got the uh, screenplay credit. Neil Jordan, the director, did do a rewrite of it, but it wasn't like a major overhaul. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I guess she wasn't able to convey the character she wanted in a film format well. Okay. So, yeah, you get this character who's not very happy. Speaking of Neil Jordan, just real quick, the director of this, Neil Jordan who directed The Crying Game. Okay, yeah. I've, I've not seen that, but I, I know of it. Not okay. a rip-roaring good time. <laughs> not the feel-good hit of the summer. No, yeah, no, I'd say probably not. But this, I have to say, is Neil Jordan's second best vampire movie. No shit, what His else His best vampire movie is Byzantium, which came out in like 2012 or so. I have seen that. It has Jim Arterton and Shir Sharonin. 
Okay. Sharona. It's. I think it has like because this movie grosses me out like in the way they feed and stuff. It's so real. Yeah, it is. It, it grosses me out. So it's very effective. Byzantium takes that realness like to the next level, and and really gets gets dirty on what it would be like to actually be a vampire. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, it's that a good, cool. It's a good movie. But yeah, Neil Jordan, uh, good director. Obviously, this movie looks great. Yeah, Crying Game won awards. He's also directed a movie called The Company of Wolves. We might cover. Oh sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know of that one. Mm-hmm. Very strange, surreal yeah. Yeah. werewolf kind of movie. Yeah. So. So he knows what's up. He does. I don't think I don't think that Louis as a weaker character is Neil Jordan's fault. I think it ha- it must have been in the screenplay that Anne Rice gave him. I can't imagine Neil Jordan got the screenplay and was like, "This guy seems too self-assured. Let's make him real whiny." <laughs> Weaken him down. Yeah, quite a lot. But if he did, uh, you screwed up because like it, it would have been more interesting. For them to be butting heads instead, like for for Louis to be like saying no, that's wrong, instead of being like I'm depressed about having to kill people. He's kind of like perpetually fifteen. Yeah, like, I know that he got changed into a vampire when he was like twenty five or something, mm-hmm. but he does kind of act like a hot topic mall goth for yeah. most of the movie. And I would rather him be more like direct, like no, I don't want to do that or whatever. He doesn't yeah. have to be whiny; just be you know clear so yeah he that loses some but we have kirsten dunstan here doing an amazing job at what nine ten however she old she, she was. does a fantastic job yes yeah. she really say, does man, act like she's older than her years like she, yeah she plays it very well between tom cruise just being kind of wackadoo at times mm-hmm. uh brad pitt okay here's the thing as, as great as brad pitt is it is known he struggles with accents yeah Struggles a lot. Nita. I mean, the whole motivation between why his character in Snatch just spoke gibberish is because he could not he do a proper do it, yeah. accent. He just can't do them, you know? Um, Brad's accent in this is kind of all over the place, too. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst, I think probably of the three of them, is actually the best acting job yeah. in the flick. I would She's agree. She's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And the strongest character. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely so. She is amazing in this. Yeah, she's the only one who goes through a cycle of, like, growth. Like, That's true. The other two don't change. Yeah, she, you're right. Yeah, Lestat and Louis becomes, both are the same the yeah, whole time. Yeah, she becomes something different and then becomes more like Lestat and then takes out Lestat. Like, that's badass. You know what I just thought about? What'd you thought? This kind of goes back to that thing that we were talking about on the last episode where we were talking about like when a vampire gets injured, like how injured can it get that it'll regrow right. back or whatever. Mm-hmm. In this movie, that the, they could get injured massively, uh, yeah. Massively. But Up it's to also, the point of basically being cinders but not being ash. If you're ash, fuck you. Yeah. But if you're cinders, yeah, you'll be fine. But just to put it this way, it's it's shown to the point of where, like, when, when Kirsten Dunst, like, tries to cut off her own hair, mm-hmm. her hair grows back to the way that yeah. it was when she was changed over. Right. Right? So I'm just thinking about this mm-hmm. in a number of dis, uh, different contexts. Imagine you're, like, in the middle of, like, shaving your balls. <laughs> okay. And a vampire sneaks up and bites you. Oh, no. And so then, you're just half, halfway? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
for all eternity. You know? Right field is clear, but left field's still shaggy. That's what I'm saying. Or like, what if you were trying to grow your hair out and your hair was at You're that at middle point? between length, the worst. Where it's either flippy, yeah. but you also can't really wear a hat with it. You Ugh. can't pull it back yet. And then you get bit. Dude, I would be like, vampire... I'm fucking begging you. Look, here's you my can address. You come, just wait till my hair's at a good length. I gotta get this hair <laughs> thing right because I know I'm gonna be stuck like this for fucking ever. So please, for the love of God, let me let this shit grow out before you bite me. I wonder if you get it just styled. Like, does it does it automatically go back to its former style? Or I think you can style it okay. because I mean, Brad Pitt had it like in a ponytail. Right, That's true. technically yeah, yeah. styling. Mm-hmm. You know? And profiling. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm rocking it right now yeah. as we speak, so mm-hmm. I should know. For real. I mean, imagine, though, what if you had, like, a really dated haircut? Yeah, you know, like, a, like a Ryder Strong bowl cut. Yeah, or, like, yeah. You, had, you had the fucking Elvis do. Oh, man. And then you get fucking vampired. And people will know for all time, the rest of that, it's like, oh, that guy's definitely a vampire. He got <laughs> fucking bit when that haircut was still cool. And then they see his nuts, and they're like, oh, he was busy. What if you decided manscaping? What if this was the year you decided to go all out for a costume and you even did like a full like haircut and everything to look exactly like the thing? Pompadour. Vampire bite. You're fucking Hulk Hogan the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking handlebar mustache and all this shit. Bald paint. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that maybe that's what happened to like like I'm thinking about like the B fifty twos? With those like <laughs> like beehive hairdos mm-hmm. and stuff that they had, like maybe they got bit in the fucking you know nineteen sixties, like late fifties, early sixties, when that was a cool look. Bit by a vampire baby. <laughs> it's as big as a whale. <laughs> There's just so many scenarios I'm thinking about. What if you got turned into a vampire when you had a fucking hangnail? Fuck, you uh, have that forever. Oh, uh, I mean that would just be the worst. That thing getting sna- snagged on your pockets no for all fun. eternity. No fun. No, no, no. No. Of course, if you're a vampire, what are you putting in your pocket? I mean, uh, I guess that little pokey ring thing they used to. Oh yeah, to yeah, yeah. 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 You gotta put. Yeah, but I, I'd have like just a pokey ring thing pocket probably that yeah. I like right here. Maybe that's what that little tiny pocket in the front of your jeans is for. <laughs> pokey ring thing. Maybe Levi was a vampire. Levi Strauss, you vampire and son of a bitch. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> it might be like that. Yeah, I'm just thinking there's just a lot of scenarios where getting bit at the wrong time yeah. of your physical appearance, considering your hairdo is fixed forever. Yeah. This could be non-advantageous. But let me just put this out there. Okay. If you're on your period, I bet that shit clears up immediately. So it's like, cool. At least there's that. Yeah. So. Or wait. what if you're just... On your period for all eternity. Oh no! Seems like that'd be not fun. You'd yeah. probably be very, very popular with lesbian vampires, though. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, you know? I hear you. You know? On uh, your period. Yeah, you know? I want to suck your blood. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a weird episode, Steve. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> it's a weird episode. <laughs> I'm sure I'll think of other not advantageous vampire turning <laughs> scenarios as we go through here. But yeah, anyway, Kirsten Dunst in this really does a great job of, okay, not only being like this feral child that gets turned over into being an immortal blood-sucking vampire, and what a terror any of us would be if we were nine years old and mm-hmm. present with that kind of power. Yeah. But then also, as she ages 30, 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. 
she starts to act more and more like an adult and talk like an adult, even though she remains looking, you know, like the same whatever nine-year-old or whatever she got bit as. I think she does a really good job of maturing that character up yeah. while still looking like a kid. And also, I mean, when you're nine years old, you don't know how fucking how you would talk as a 40-year-old or yeah. whatever. But she does a really good job of getting better at speaking and yeah. better with interacting with other adults because she feels like she is one, yeah. you know? I think that Interview with the Vampire is the source of that bitten as a child, but older. But you stay that way? Yeah. I think it's the source. Because, I mean, you know, we got Homer in Near, Near Dark, Dark and Babette in uh, Elder Scrolls V. Like, they're, they're, they're still not pervasive but it is a very interesting thing to deal with of the adult stuck in a child's body oh yeah yeah and how just tragic and unfortunate yeah because you'll never be. be treated like the adult you are yeah because of the way you look and we we get that too where i think it's, it's either louis or Lestat is like buying her like dolls and stuff mm-hmm. and she's like i don't give a fuck yeah meanwhile she's got like the rotting corpse of a fucking woman uh-huh. underneath there because she wanted to be her I mean, that's like major psychotic sociopath, yeah. like Jeffrey Dahmer shit. Well, and, and Antonio Banderas says, you know, you're not supposed to change them that young. And I, I assume this is the reason because they end up going crazy. Yeah. Because they're never treated as an adult. That has to be so strange, though. I mean, if that was an actual scenario where you could be a child forever because you essentially are gaining years, but you're also not producing like the the puberty hormones and stuff like that that make you into a legitimate adult but you just look at the standard of i'm 30 years old i should be doing x and x and x that adults do so yeah she's not got the full adult brain yeah exactly so she's not capable of fully being like because yeah she she has some bratty moments of like wanting to be treated like the adult she is but in fact she's not an adult like even though she is experienced the past 40 years she's not fully grown yeah yeah she has experiences like somebody yeah. who's 40 years old would have mm-hmm. but like you said she is ultimately still a, a yeah. child it's a really tragic and fucked up part of the story yeah it is you know yeah. and it ultimately started because louis was kind of feeling sympathetic because her uh-huh. mom had just died of the plague and stuff and he yeah. was like i can feed on this kid it's like a mercy killing yes so let's then talk about what inspired all of this so as i said all this nonsense Anne rice's daughter died when she was sick yeah this movie is very much about depression i hadn't thought about that and dealing with loss and basically this character of of claudia is it's the pet cemetery character it's the what if i could have her back what if i could have her back for just just however long Damn, and, that's that's really dark when you, when yes, you put it, it that way. Shit. And in some ways, she is a Frankenstein character because she is the monstrous creation of the this man who plays God and then abandons, basically. Mm, yeah, yeah. And she becomes the, the creature in her desire to kill her creator, just like the creature in Frankenstein does. So mm, yeah, totally. Basically, it's Anne Rice playing out her desire to have her daughter back, but knowing that having her daughter back wouldn't be the same and that 
she would never she she just can't have that back and so dealing with the full acceptance of that uh she had to play out this world of like well what would it be if i could bring her back wow and that is dark very dark but then also the the way that like what we hear about louis is that his wife and daughter have just died recently of, of illness yeah that's so, why he's just like fuck it i just want to die so he's like her surrogate like that's the Anne rice surrogate which is why it's weird that he's so neutered in this and he doesn't have much of a personality or anything. Yeah, really. It yeah. seems like... But uh, I can... Just divorcing the book from this and saying, how how would this work if, if we're saying this is the Anne stand-in is basically that Louis is depressed. He's depressed the entire time. The entire, what, hundred and something years that this, book, this movie spans. Yeah. He's depressed. Yeah, yeah. And he's Just dealing because of with this, depression. This death. Yeah. yeah. He never actually is able to pull out of it. And I think it's her way of one dealing with the loss of her daughter but also like expressing how uh depression is this inescapable comfort. Like just the way that whenever the, you know, Lestat starts biting a woman or whatever, she doesn't even recognize it that mm-hmm. that prostitute early on yeah, where yeah. he bites her breast and uh-huh. she doesn't like they don't even it's, a, it's just this comfort until they recognize the horror of it and so i think what this movie is about is about overcoming depression and recognizing the horror of all the things that you're allowing to go on because you are just numb to the world yeah so there there's a lot more in this that could have been brought out with That's the movie that isn't well, when you look at it that way too, it's it's cool to think about how, okay, he had this yeah wife and daughter, plantation mm-hmm. owner and stuff like that. Yeah. They they died, and so initially he was seeking out death. Yeah, he just wanted to die. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he was fucking but he didn't want to kill him cards and yeah, right. but wouldn't kill himself. But he like told that guy to shoot him after mm-hmm. screwing him over in cards and all yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, so he sought out death, and then alternatively he ended up seeking out eternal life yeah but either way the the, the depression still mm-hmm. haunted him yeah you know so yeah, either he, way yeah he couldn't escape it yeah through the normal means that that he thought of, yeah. of of just being dead with them and then yeah it's also there's that interesting dichotomy of he's seeking out death and it turns out death is seeking him yeah. at the same time uh-huh. and that neither side gets what they want well, and ultimately, at the end of the day, him seeking out this eternal life as a vampire just invites so much more death by yeah. him being a part of being All a he's going to see is more murder. and more death. Yeah. yeah. Everyone in his life is always going to be dying. Yeah. And anybody who he brings in as, as family, like Claudette or yeah. Lestat, is just going to contribute to that. Mm-hmm. There is this cool kind of life and death. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, depression kind of thing going through this mm-hmm. that I think is... Pretty, pretty yeah, bitching. It's very interesting. The, the, and the life of an eternal vampire is a cool way to kind of analyze that shit. Yeah, and it makes me think that I would like maybe read the book. I'm sure there's it's explored much deeper in the novel than it is in this. Yeah, in the movie they kind of just have to keep things going. Yeah, because it's a story. You gotta have you gotta have events. Yeah. Yeah. So they've they've got all these events, and yeah, you you kind of run over the depth of the the story. Antonio Banderas is in this movie. What a hunk. As a hunky dude. A.K.A. Puss in Boots. A.K.A. Uh-huh. Zorro. 
<laughs> He's got some thick hair. Shrek, it's me, <laughs> Puss and Boo. You wanna fight? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's one of those guys with that thick ass hair he's got. I bet a bowl cut would not have worked on him. He would have had that oh, too thick. Yeah, bowl. that would be weird. His hair was he's just got some stacked. Thick fucking hair. It was stacked. This will up. not be the last time we cover Antonio Banderas for sure. He's in other horror movies, but Antonio Banderas. He's a hunk. He is a hunk. Yeah. He, I can assertively say that's like, one of those guys that people must find a He kind of hit in these early 90s period with like this and then. Was he in what else was he in? Robert Rodriguez's uh what you call it? Desperado? Was that? Oh yeah, Rodriguez? yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was yeah. a he was a way hunk in that. Yeah, Plus he had some behind can that be in a fox? Oh, yeah. That's a sexy that's movie a right sexy there. Later. That's a sexy, yeah. sexy movie. Uh huh. So yeah, uh, this yeah, this is early Antonio Banderas, and this is different than most of the roles you see him in because like yeah, he's very dark. Mm-hmm. Very dark in this movie. Very dark. But very sinister. Sinister. Not sure what he's up to. Not sure, like, not even sure who he's serves because he could be lying to Brad Pitt. That's the thing. It's pretty yeah. ambiguous. Yeah. But at the same time, like, they're the ones that seem to have this code of ethics. Exactly. And uh, Claudia and uh, Louis committed murder, and so they're going to, I guess, get the death penalty, but... Louis getting the worst end of it, being walled up for eternity. Ooh. Cask of Amontillado style. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cask of Amontillado is a Poe short story oh. about revenge that's really great. Yeah, man, that whole thing of him just being like walled up for, mm-hmm. you know, well, I guess until yeah, he starves to death or whatever, right? It, yeah, it would be... Well, yeah. They gotta eat. I mean... They must... Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that is that another thing that would kill them is actually starving to death or... Yeah, because otherwise they, they just, just otherwise he just wouldn't eat. I mean, that's why he's like yeah. eating rats and poodles yeah. and shit like that. He has to eat. Yeah, he has to. So I guess he'd just be in there till he starves to death. Which so yeah, the we two, don't know. the two things while. that seem to kill them for sure are sun and starvation. Starvation. Yeah. So they, yeah, they're killing both of them. So they're like, and, hey, and I might be a vampire. You might be. No, I don't understand why the doll maker woman yeah. got killed as well i'm not sure about she that. was not involved in any way in mm. the death of lestat but i guess no. they had to they just assumed yeah fuck her no but that guy could read minds he would have been able to read her mind yeah, that's true yeah okay that's a little bit that's so a little bit of dickheads right yeah <laughs> i guess so vampires aren't nice not nice people yeah. overall and they engage in that that dreadful gory form of theater that yeah, we've talked Grand about many Guignol. times yeah Grand Guignol. is that like something blood related like sanguine yeah i think so yeah i don't i don't speak french but i believe so yeah theater of blood i believe something, something like that, that. Yeah. sounds about right sounds like a motley Crue record it does <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so this this was a thing uh, it wouldn't have been obviously real vampires killing real people on stage, but the people watching this show would have thought, "Oh, this isn't real." I don't know how they do it, but it isn't real. And that's but how they get away with their crime is like it's in yeah. plain sight. Yeah, because it was a popular form of theater at the time. This very bloody, like these short horrific tales with lots and lots of gore. And it, yeah, so the idea is, well, what if those were all real and it was just vampires killing people in front of people and ECW, ECW, <laughs> that would be fucking extreme. <laughs> you know, that makes it really funny too. When you, when you think about like the brood, and, like uh-huh. Gangrel and Christian and all those that were like 
kind of vampires. Remember I how guess? Gangrel was the star, and the two guys behind him were Edge and Christian, <laughs> like future future champions, future belt holders. Gangrel, nothing. Nothing. That's Nothing. the guy we're putting our money on yeah. the front of this operation. <laughs> Definitely Gangrel the guy is the who one got, in front. Those are real, by the way, his, his uh-uh. vampire teeth. Yeah, he had those done. He no. still has those to no this day. Way. Yeah. And he says, well, I used to be Gangrel. You may I guess remember I me as the guy Gangrel. who spit blood into the air. He did that. That's he true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's he's a still wrestles, so he's still Gangrel, I guess. He's a vampire. He's going to need that blood, though. He should have been swallowing that. That's a good point. Vampires don't Wasteful. generally spit blood. No. Yeah, they, they want to get it in them. That's, yeah, the opposite of what they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like if the Bushwhackers just threw that raw chicken instead of eating it. Oh, wait. Was it was it the Bushwhackers or it was the, uh, the like, uh, Samoan dudes? It was the Samoan they, dudes. Yeah, they did yeah, raw Yeah, the Bushwhackers chicken. just licked kids' just licked faces. Kids. Yeah. Whoa. Nothing weird about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an Australian tradition. Yeah, lick yeah, a, it is. Yeah, lick a kid in the face, mate. <laughs> Have you been watching the Try Guys in Australia? No, no, no. Oh, dude, they've got this like Australian series right now. That's oh, really? Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I'll you got to watch out. at least the one where the Try Guys go to like a they're like zookeepers for a day. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Really, right. really, really good one. Right. Those guys, good for them. Yeah, good, good for, for them. them. They're doing cool stuff, man. Yeah, so they got this theater of blood. They be killing people. They'd be walling people up. They'd be put, putting people in wells and letting them get burnt up by the sun. That's some great effects when that yeah. shit happens. Yeah, Stan Winston made that ash model. Stan Winston did all the practical and makeup effects on this. If you don't know Stan Winston, you might be a redneck. You don't know Jack. You might be a redneck. You might very well be. Because <laughs> he's done fucking yeah. everything that you've mm-hmm. ever loved. Also directed Pumpkinhead. That's right. So That's right. Go check that out. <laughs> Lance Henriksen. Ed Hardy. Ed. Oh, I forgot his name was Ed Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's Ed. I'm pretty sure it is. It is. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, Stan Winston, amazing. And this movie has some fantastic special effects in it. Like, yeah. it's got some great practical shit, mm-hmm. but it's also got some super rare... 1994 CGI that's really You can't even good. really tell. Yeah, you can't even really see it unless you know it's there and you're looking for it. Yeah. Because it, it's... it's yeah, they blended it well. Pretty fucking good. Uh-huh. There's one scene in there. I'm not really sure how they did. It might be a it might be a robot. Uh, probably a robot. Probably a robot. Mm-hmm. It's that scene where Kirsten Dunst is really being mischievous mm-hmm. and she um gives Tom Cruise those two like dead boys to yes. feed on. Uh-huh. And he like sucks her blood and stuff, and then he's like really 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 fading mm-hmm. and do you notice how like his uh, there's that scene where he's kind of like on the ground like on all fours and like his cheeks are sinking in yeah and his fingers are starting to like yeah. get skinnier and shit like mm-hmm. they're just cu- going down to the bone mm-hmm. I don't know how they did that that doesn't huh. look like CGI yeah. it looks like a real object I was gonna say it's probably like they overlaid film over top of each other. I'm, I've got I'm not no really idea. Sure, yeah. I wonder if it's animatronic because he's not be really a making a lot of vampire. facial expressions or something. Uh-huh. But like I said, his face and everything is like caving in, like uh-huh. he's like starving to death in fast motion. Really cool effects, very well done. And I even like the effects too. Like later on in the movie, whenever Louis like has that scythe and he's like carving uh-huh. them vampires. Oh, that's so awesome! When Dude, he yes, he clefts one in twain. Yeah, and that I'm. 
pretty sure is CGI. Well, obviously, like, the big like motion blur things that he does are CG. But I think the awesome. cut is CGI, but when he's laying on the ground, that's definitely a model. They oh, made, yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it looks great. It looks really, yeah. really good, man. Yeah, I have no complaints about the visual effects in this. Mm-hmm. And even like like later on, whenever Tom Cruise comes back and he's like really shitty looking. Yeah. He's been like living off crocodiles looks and stuff great. like that. He looks awesome. Uh-huh. Looks awesome. And I love too, um, you know, this is one of those few movies in the entire echelon of vampire flicks. The fangs look good and they can talk through them. Yes. They got the fucking fangs right. Yes. They really did. And I think maybe... The only one who sounds a little different is Brad Pitt, but I think it's the yeah. accent he's trying to do That's and not the too. teeth. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's the teeth. Because even like Kirsten Dunn's like a little kid. Yeah. She she sounds... Does not have any trouble talking to her. Just fine. And yeah. I don't think they like ADR'd it or anything like that. No. Like It sounds all very natural yeah. to me. But yeah, they finally managed to make fucking teeth that look right, that don't look like very obvious fake vampire teeth. They don't do the thing where they like open their mouth and they flip out like a switchblade <laughs> or anything like that. Although they do go... <laughs> what is it? I want to talk to a vampire and find out why that. I want to know when the first time was because like there was no point in the book Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. it was like Dracula said... <laughs> yeah, like where did that I bet it was an from? accident. I bet a vampire was going to yell at another vampire but had like a bunch of spit in the back of their throat. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it came out that way and then he just played it off like it was supposed to be I intimidating. I to do that. I'm like a wild animal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys want to get in my Dracula? Oh. Huh? <laughs> How do you think this movie deals with like the vampire mythos and oh, stuff? Oh yeah, so it, that's it, interesting. It, it plays yeah. up some tropes, it subverts mm-hmm. some other ones. Yeah, uh, garlic crosses, mirrors, all that. Totally fine with. Totally them. fine. We're totally okay with it. Get that the hell out of here. Their only real worries are starvation and seeing the sun, which again goes back to my depression point. Yeah, that she, the two things that she probably feared the most was those two things yeah yeah having to deal with making food because probably just didn't feel like eating that's true and having to deal with going outside wow you know what those are two classic i'm very depressed kind of syndromes when you look at it that way yeah so uh, yeah so to eliminate the other stuff is to to ground it more to say like well this is how like her essential idea seems to be that being a vampire is eternal torment and that's what that's what depression feels like. And so put the two together, boom. Yeah. Interview with a vampire. For eternity being For eternity. depressed and fucking. Just, wow. Yeah, because he never. That's the thing is Louis never progresses. He never gets over yeah. anything that's happened to him because he can't really. Well, because that's the thing too is like anytime you're in those periods of very extreme depression, like it seems as though it will be eternal. Yeah. Like you don't There's really look at that n- yeah. and go, in a week I'll be fine. Right. Like, you, you can't even look back on times when you've gotten over depression and go, I'll do that again. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's like there's no end in sight. This nope. is just. This is my life now. Eternal, for all eternity. Man. Yeah. So wow, that is that is a very strong. Point. Yeah. So yeah, the vampirism uh, for for Anne Rice seems to be associated with depression and associated with with mental illness and dealing with, you know, loss, feeling, tragedy, etc. I, I would say in losing a child, you probably feel like why like I've been around forever. Yeah. 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 Like, why? Why not me? Why the child? So. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it, it really, it means a lot too, I think, because Anne Rice, like, you know, she was 
trying to make it and to make it as a novelist with the worst thing that ever happened to you Mm -hmm. has to be somewhat validating it has to be like at least i didn't go through all that for nothing Mm -hmm. at least something came out of this that was worthwhile now one thing that they do play up that is typical vampire mythos is that they have to sleep in coffins yeah i don't get that i'm not uh, this is one of those things man that i was watching and i was like does it really have to be coffins though it doesn't. I think that is that's just extending the metaphor of wanting to feel like completely surrounded and engulfed and not do anything. Because yeah, you just be in a dark room. Like ultimately in terms have of have a function, normal bed in a basement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not as if a wooden box holds any particular mm. power for you no. as an undead. It just keeps the light out. That's ultimately the point, right? Yeah. Like I'm just imagining that whenever these vampires finally reach the modern age. And things like, you know, refri- blackout curtains, re- refrigerators start yeah. being delivered and they had like refrigerator boxes. Uh-huh. I bet they were like, this is fantastic. No, this is nice. Finally, some room in here. I can stretch you out. You guys want to build a box for it? <laughs> yeah, you can have like. I'm getting a washer and dryer later. Yeah, like a fucking, <laughs> like it'd be like, like hamster tubes. Yeah. You know, of just all these boxes. Yeah, my, my cousins box and I, because my, my uncle was a contractor, he would always have. Yeah. Like tons of these big boxes from washer and dryers and stuff like that that he would install in the houses. And yeah, we built this huge like hamster tubes type of like yeah. fort. It was awesome. I mean, but does that That's have to what be a vampire should do? A coffin. Like it totally doesn't. It doesn't. There's plenty no. of other really <clears throat> dark places. Yeah, I, I really seriously could just be a room in a basement. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. You could have a water bed in there in the seventies. You'd be like top shit be okay yeah i think of like cave vampires yes you could go back far enough yeah. in a cave where there's no light that's yeah and that's metal as fuck that really cave is. vampires yeah, trademark dead, that dead lovely right now because <laughs> really cave vampires there's no reason why that couldn't work ooga booga i mean Bite. that's fucking cool man mm-hmm. so i don't know i think I there's like a lot it. of options right there yeah i would say so i i think maybe and I can, I can see, like, it's the setup in the movie where they're, uh, like, saying, no, not these tropes, not these tropes, not these tropes, but this one we have to do. This one we're standing by. And it, the needs like thing, there, it seems like there needs to be a, some explanation. Like, do not only do we have to be away from light, but we have to be close to death or something like that. Yeah, really. Or, like, if it has that to be a coffin it. that was used or something. Right, you know? yeah. If that was it, okay, fine. But there's no explanation for it. So it's like, well, why? Yeah. You're just this, and, and even, like, uh, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Claudia, she gets out in the middle of the day and, and goes to Louis' coffin. So, like... A little light's okay, I a guess. A little light seems fine. Yeah. I guess it's only direct sunlight that would be the problem. Yeah. Man. I like their veininess. I like the contacts yeah. and stuff. Yes. The, I, I, w- I wish it were a newer contact that actually moved with the eyes. Sometimes say, those they, are just... a little fixed. Yeah. Yeah, From time to time, fixed. Brad Pitt's looking two different directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little squirrely-eyed over uh-huh. there. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Overall, though, I think they look cool. And yeah. one of the reasons cool they, they look so fucking cool is because, dude... 
the costuming in this movie is unbelievable. Yeah, it's great. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The costumes are absolutely fantastic. Uh, the only issue I had was with the 90s costumes. Because they looked very, 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 yeah, very 90s. They looked so 90s. It was just like, oh. I know. That fucking shirt that Brad Pitt's wearing yeah. with his suit <laughs> with the little corny. button at the... Uh. Fucking corny, man. But that's one of the things that I really like about this movie is because you're seeing them progress through yeah. different decades and eons mm-hmm. and shit like this. Like and they whoever, seem to fit in each each yeah, decade. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like whoever the costumer was probably had a really great time. I bet. Yeah. Getting to explore all these different decades of fashion. Because yeah, that would be exactly what you'd want as oh, a costumer yeah. to be able to go back and try to duplicate these fashions. Oh yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing is like during some of the first time jumps that we see in the movie, it'll just be you know twenty years ahead or something right. like that. So you're yeah. seeing like. It's not like now where the the fashion in 80 versus 2000 was completely different. Yeah, it didn't change so radically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that they really got into exploring those gradual changes that happened to fashion. And of course, the sets and stuff are fucking gorgeous too. Yeah. Looks great. The locations are... I mean, choosing... San Francisco, New Orleans, and and Paris as your location. Good places. Yeah. Good looking places right there. It's mostly shot on sets at Pinewood Studios, but. No shit at Pinewood. Yeah, but Pinewood's so huge that you can duplicate pretty much anything. That's where they shot Mamma Mia. They made an entire Greek village. Wait. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. All of Mamma Mia, that whole Greek village, is on Pinewood Studio. Holy shit. Really cool. I did not know that. That's why they did The Shining, too. Yeah. Mm hmm. Damn, man. They, they really knocked it out of the park. They really fantastic. did. And I actually wanted to talk about the locations that are chosen hmm. because I think a more modern audience, younger modern audience might not get what is being said when the movie opens in San Francisco. San Francisco in 1994 would have immediately been gays, oh. homosexual. That's all people would have thought about in regards to San Francisco. I other guess than so. 1989 earthquake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, now we don't think of it that way because it's tech. Now San Francisco is all tech. It's and not rice tech. Right, exactly. The technology to merge noodles and rice. Uh-huh. The two master carbs. The San Francisco treats. Oh my God, so sinister. Yeah. but it, So immediately it would be this... Recognition gay of, mecca. Yeah, of, of, of gayness. Huh. New Orleans, thinking of that in the 90s, is a representation of, and still, to this day, of sin and excess. And debauchery. And debauchery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Old and, world debauchery. And then gay Paris, again. Debauchery <laughs> and sexuality. Croissants. Yeah, so this, this movie is constantly, not just with the closeness of the actors' faces to one another, but with the locations themselves saying like, think about sex, think about gay sex, like, yeah, put no that kidding. all together. Yeah, the locales uh-huh. spell it out if the visuals mm-hmm. and interactions of the male characters yeah. aren't, huh? There is no, not a single male female physical attraction in this movie. Oh, the I only guess women not. are food or plaything. Hmm. The m- most interaction was between men, and it's mostly homoerotic. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because, I mean, Brad Pitt, again, talks about his wife and daughter, but... Yeah, but we don't see him. Well, there's that scene where he's with that prostitute right before he gets turned. 
Right. That's basically all. That's basically it. But he paid for her. She's a plaything. Yeah. And then after that, he chooses a life of being a gay vampire. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. finds his true self. Yeah. There's there's something going on with what this movie is saying. Neil Jordan specifically. I mean, with the crying game and and a lot of his other stuff, he likes to explore uh, sexuality and alternative gender sexualities, roles. gender roles. Yeah, all that stuff. So throughout this, he's exploring that. We also deal with some. Some pedo vibes for sure. You know, it, it's unavoidable. Like mm-hmm. you kind of have to talk about that. Like it's yeah. never really shown that like Louis and Claudette are like in love or but acting out anything physical. He does. Or- he does say that he's in love with her and like she, she has his heart and stuff. And it it's not in a childlike way that he seems to be talking about it. That's that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. I'll say even that. weirder is. Ar- Armand's little sucking boy. Oh yeah, he's got he that little snack offers boy. Offers to all the yeah, who works for him. Yeah, but isn't a vampire. But is a snack he's, boy. He's a snack boy. Yeah, he's he's there the familiar basically as we saw in what we do in the shadows. Yeah, and I assume he is going to be turned when he's old enough because Armand sticks to the rules and he's not going to turn him when he's too young. Yeah, but. They are going to pass him around the room and suck on him. But enough about Hollywood, am but I right? Enough about, <laughs> enough about Hollywood. <laughs> Moving I mean, on. I'm saying, like, they're, it, the only sexuality in this is either homosexuality or pedosexuality. And, and on the record, nothing wrong with homosexuality. Yeah, but they're very, very much wrong with pedosexuality. Tons wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, tons, yeah. tons, tons, tons wrong, with, wrong that. with that. But. So they're exploring how not only are these people alternative in the way that they survive and the way that they live, but they're also alternative in the way that they get sexual joy. Because it seems like for a vampire, it's never about anyone but yourself. It's always about intaking, never letting anything out. Okay. So the vampires don't care about anyone else really but louis does Mm -hmm. louis for some reason unlike all these other vampires who are very easily able to kill and uh, allow others to be killed and have no real problem with it louis not like that at all Mm. in the first part of the movie but by the end of the movie he it seems like he's fine with it yeah it's kind of going with the flow yeah it's like he stops talking about it about middle of the movie and then we just have to assume he got cool with it and doesn't seem to mind it. And by the time he's talking to Christian Slater, he's very healthy. So he's been eating he's people. Feeding. Yeah. And he says that he's feeding on people. He doesn't seem to have a problem with it anymore. So like, it seems like maybe each vampire goes through this, though I doubt Lestat did. He, uh, From the books, I know they call him the brat prince. Okay. Like he, he's like, he was already terrible before he was a vampire. He was already this horrendous, like expecting everyone to please him and everything to be about his pleasure. So becoming a vampire just made him like the full version of what he actually already was, which was sucking the life out of everyone else. You know, I was just thinking like, as we were talking right now, I was like, man, I wonder if the fact that this was made with these these homosexual overtones, like I said, all the San Francisco stuff and mm-hmm. all the, the sharing of blood and that almost being like a curse if this is some kind of a commentary HIV. on like the AIDS crisis. Yeah. But it was, it was written in the 70s. 
So it that's true. So it would be pre accidentally became uh, but, relevant. I guess. I mean, they they were probably. I don't remember when the gay cancer became a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like that's late seventies, but it, not our terminology. By the no, way, no, no, no. That's what they called <laughs> it back then. Was back the then. gay cancer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. She probably wouldn't have had much knowledge of it. So yeah, that this would be more about sharing something else. Sharing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what is it? What is it? Lestat is sharing with them, turning them into a vampire. Sharing his blood. But he's sharing his curse, I guess, yeah, is one no. way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, it seems like, to be a gift and a curse. He's yeah, sharing. he's not yeah. doing it to give them a gift. He's doing it so he's not alone. Ultimately, yeah, at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is, because he's just trying to build kind of a family. Yeah, and himself. he doesn't fit in with the other vampires. Clearly. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's making his own vampire family and his own rules. I yeah. think that this movie does a really good job, too, of just showing how horrific and grisly it would be yeah. to feed on other human uh-huh. beings and how yes. it's not some sexy pleasant experience yeah. for the person being bitten and stuff like there's legitimate horror and shock and mm-hmm. don't kill me let me live yeah like it gets pretty gruesome it really does in this movie and i think that that's awesome that it does it that way it makes me squirm because i i oh, yeah. don't i don't like getting in them veins getting in the veins yeah none of that man i don't like it so it makes me squirm and and i applaud it for that not a lot of movies do that even other vampire movies so this one i i think i get like it it, it's right on the line of sex and violence like it it, each of it's sexy violence yeah the moment right (laughs) up to the bite is sexual yeah and and then, then it gets horrific then it gets horrific right for one of them but for the vampires, it's like, this is the best part. Yeah, feeding time. Yeah. I kind of have this idea in my head that, you know, we think about vampires. We think about how they're all, they're sleek. Mm-hmm. They're, they're always like so slim and, yeah. and sexy and ideal. Is it because they're on such a low-carb diet? I would think so. And it's a lot of work, Are probably. All, yeah, all that chasing people uh-huh. down. There's like lots of cardio, <laughs> very little carbs. No carbs in blood, I would assume. <laughs> kind of a high sodium diet, but yeah, but no carbs. The Asians yeah. have shown us that's fine to do that's a high fine, sodium yeah. diet, so it's pretty okay. Vampires I'm are keto as fuck. I'm thinking that's probably what it is. Which brings me to my next movie concept: oh, dear. CrossFit vampires. CrossFit vampire. I'm thinking that there's this club, there's this gym <laughs> that this guy goes to. Trademark Dan Lovely. Yeah. He's going to this gym. He's working out. He's trying mm-hmm. to get shredded. He just sees in the gym all the time there's these other guys that are there working out they're there late at night it's this big group of super pale dudes that are just jacked yeah. as fuck i mean dude there's not an ounce of fat on any of them uh-huh. and he kind of takes a shine to him they kind of take him in they're like we're gonna let you know the secret it's drinking blood Whoa. it's like what what do you mean that's impossible no way and they're like no bro there's no carbs in any of it whoa you ever heard of blood doping <laughs> it's kind of like that i like that i guess only we're eating it yeah I think this guy gets mixed up in this CrossFit vampire keto Dude, club. All I can see keto right, CrossFit vampires. All I can see right John now Cena. is a montage <laughs> of a vampire doing CrossFit and and like he's doing bicep curls and we see him. Then it cuts to the mirror and you just see the <laughs> the, 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 the weight the going weight up and down. And down. <laughs> he goes to pick up two weights, but the bars are crossed and he's like, <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> 
like sport bottles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sport bottles full of like. Well, I mean the fucking the shit you drink is yeah. always just like red looks mystery like blood, fluid. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're like, eh, like fucking squeezing their mouths and stuff like that. that would be awesome. You know, I think there's I a like lot of potential idea. here yeah. for, for keto zombie, yeah, keto zombie, zombie. Uh, keto, keto vampire. vampire. <laughs> I think there's potential, right? Trademark dead and lovely. Like We're working on this right now. This is an idea in progress. If you see it anywhere else, they heard it here first. Think it can work? I think it can work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't see why not. I think it's probably more of a comedy sketch than a full movie, but whatever. It'll work. It'll work. <laughs> That's all anybody watches these days anyway. True. What do you think about the soundtrack in this? Really good. Good. Yeah. Guns and Roses at the end. Guns Sign and Roses right at the end uh, w- with the cover of uh, uh, Paint It Black. No, not Paint No, Black. it's uh, uh, Sympathy for Sympathy the Devil. Sympathy for the Devil, yeah. One of those, so- listen, guys. If we could make a short list of songs that should be retired from being Simply allowed to be devil. in movies, mm-hmm. yeah. fuck me. Yeah. Get that goddamn song out of movies. Yeah. I'm done with it. It's way too obvious. It's just too fucking obvious, yeah. dude. Like, I already got that Lestat's the devil. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, pretty much any Rolling Stones song can be retired from fucking soundtrack and movies. Please. Yeah. We're down to the what? What else? Uh, Paint it black. That'd be great in this scene. It's, no, it fucking wouldn't. It's been half a century since they Ugh. started releasing music. Ugh. We might want to move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, not in our personal lives. Listen to the Rolling Stones all you want. I'm just saying. For Have your fun, Scorsese. Yeah. Have your fun. We know you <laughs> like them. Whatever. True. <laughs> but but yeah. otherwise, the soundtrack in this is fantastic. Yes, it's uh, it's scored by the guy who did the score to Pet Cemetery. Oh, Elliot really? Goldenthal. Yeah. Which he's is, done a bunch which is of pretty stuff. good. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one of his early works. This is, he's a little more seasoned by this point. Okay. And I, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really good. I think it works perfectly well. And then, yeah, that Guns N' Roses, Sympathy for the Devil. It's too on the nose, but still a good cover. The thing is, though, is with how corny the ending is, mm-hmm. it like kind of works. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. The, the ending, ending of this is corny. It is corny. Yeah. Like fucking Tom Cruise popping up in the back seat. Uh-huh. Like really? Come on. I I wonder if that's how the book ends. I'm not I'm not sure. I'd like to know I if don't that's know. how it ends cuz it's just like it's pretty lame. It is pretty lame. It's, pretty it's lame. a pretty lame end. Yeah, I'm not really nuts about that. No. What do you think about the fact that this movie doesn't really have a I don't know how you describe this. Like an A B storyline. There's not really a clear right. beginning to end. There's not even necessarily right. There's not really even a full character development movie. or anything really. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like a character study of yeah. these vampires through several decades. Yeah. And they they don't really change. Louis still depressive. And, yeah. And, and at the end of the movie, Lestat is still villainous. Yeah. The two of them are still alive. Yeah. It's like they met. Some stuff happened. <laughs> then they're still alive. That's how you pitch this movie. Yeah, that's the movie. Uh, two vampires meet, some stuff happens, and then uh, there's an interview. Or as as you summed it up the other day, uh, two gay guys try to adopt a kid. I don't know. Yep. That is this movie. <laughs> two gay men adopt a kid. <laughs> and it's almost a cautionary tale about that, too, where it's like, if you let two gay men adopt a kid, she'll never grow up. It's not aging well. I'll tell yeah. you that. It is not yeah. aging well when you look at it with, right. with that. No, I don't think that's what they were going <laughs> no, for. No. But it is pretty much the story. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie, man. This is one of those ones that like yeah. you can just kind of put on and watch or just have it on and be doing other stuff. Uh-huh. Because it's not necessarily like a lot of like 
seeds are being planted that if you no. missed it, you'll it won't make sense when this thing comes back. Like, no. It's not like watching the fucking... Uh, damn it, what's the uh, uh, like crime gangster movie? It won like a million awards. I think Scorsese did it. Okay. A couple of years ago. The Departed? The Departed. There you go. It's not like watching The Departed, like when I watched that for the first time. Yeah. When I was like, I missed something like 10 minutes into the movie, so then the rest of the movie made no yeah. fucking sense to me. You can kind of have this on. Yeah, this is a lot of set pieces. Like, it is. It's, it's just, just a bunch like, of set pieces. It looks really cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can tune in. You can tune out. Mm-hmm. It's an enjoyable watch for it me. Is. You know? And it's gorgeous. Fucking it gorgeous, really looks man. great. Still looks great. What Ultimately, is this? 25 I mean, years later, still yeah, looks damn. great. Ultimately, not much happens. No. Not a lot of happening in this no. movie. Just kind of some, some stuff. No, it, it is a movie that it's obvious that the book was setting up a world. And obviously she cashed in on that by yeah. making a lot more books after that. And then Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned, the movie. My God. Uh, not one, a good one. One year, we are going to fucking yeah, talk about we'll that. We'll have to do Queen of the Damned. Rockstar Lestat. Rockstar Lestat. It is bad. But though, I I imagine the book is probably still pretty good. Got to be better than the movie. Yeah, the movie's just not good. <laughs> but th- this this movie did a good job of setting up a world, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't give us a whole like, why does this movie exist? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no point at the end where I'm like, ah, that was a story. Glad I, if if I hadn't watched this, I wouldn't have learned that. Right, but it's still entertaining. Yeah, and looks great. Well yeah, it acted. Does. It does, man. Yeah. And it, it brought so much influence that would change. I think that the world of what we perceive as vampires yes. and culture and stuff. I mm-hmm. think that it brought us that sexy, effeminate, androgynous vampire that we saw in like Castlevania games mm-hmm. and shit like that later on. Yeah, definitely Castlevania. I think was uh, influenced by. Alucard, Alucard, pretty boy. There you go. Pretty boy. Not pretty a boy hunk, Alucard. but definitely a pretty boy. But yeah, he's definitely influenced by the books and then maybe even by the, the movie after 94. Yeah. Because, I, yeah, like Symphony, Symphony of the Night and Aria of Sorrow really have more of that Victorian sort of element yes, to them. And absolutely. ruffles and, and handles and all yep. that stuff, yeah. Symphony of the Night is my goddamn it's favorite a great one. game. It's a great one. Fuck, I love that game so much. You want to talk about a soundtrack on a video game? <laughs> yeah. Woo, Lord of Mercy. Lord of Mercy. Lord of Mercy. It's mm-hmm. so good. I found recently on Spotify, there is some artist that does like music box versions of all these classic video game tunes. Oh. But it sounds like a fucking music box. Okay. And they've done a bunch of Castlevania shit. They did like Dance of Pales off of the Symphony of the Night huh. soundtrack, which is one of my favorite pieces like ever. Yeah. Um, also, the hit points have a version of that piece. You should definitely check out if you're into video game music and want to hear it interpreted in some beautiful new grass acoustic instrument versions. Check out the hit points. They got some good Castlevania shit on there. Find the, them on I, Spotify. I believe you recently did some Castlevania shit. That I did over there well, on my were, YouTube channel. Were the hit points involved? Two of the guys from the hit points were uh, Eli Bishop and Matt Menifee, dear friends of ours that went with us to Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, us plus Andy Wood teamed up to do this awesome cover of Wicked Child from the Castlevania and it is soundtrack. Awesome. Thank you very much. It turned out great. I definitely want to do more yeah. of that stuff because I just love getting in to this vampire shit. Vampire. Any time of the year. You don't have to be no vampire. That's true. It could be any time. It could be yes vampire. Now vampire. Tomorrow vampire. When vampire? Who knows? Yes vampire. <laughs> yes vampire. I like this flick. I like this flick. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's 
the greatest of all time. No. But I think it's enjoyable, man. Mm-hmm. I like this movie. It uh, It's kind of long, but it goes by at a pretty even, brisk pace. Like, yeah. the movie doesn't Not really have... Not a lot have, of dragging. No, nah, it yeah. doesn't drag really ever to me. Uh, the only real, like, high points of action are when he's, like, chopping up vampires in the catacombs. Uh-huh. That's about it, really. But it's just a good, easy watch, man. I enjoy this flick. I think mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm getting into some ratings and Rate stuff like up. that, this, to me, is probably... I'm going to say it's a solid... Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. One Seven of one of my favorite vampire movies. Bra- Bram Stoker's Dracula. Still New yeah. Uno. Mm-hmm. That's like really, really, really high on my list. And I love Near Dark and shit like that yeah. too. But this is this is a good one. Up. It's pretty mm-hmm. high up for me. Yeah, this is like vampire melodrama. In vampire some ways. melodrama. Yeah. That is, yeah, soap opera vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, romance novel vampires. And it, it hits the. It really hits the Castlevania itch for me. <laughs> like yeah. it really does hit that. Just I kind of want, I kind of want my vampires to be a bit overblown and a bit like let them be overdramatic. And, yeah, I kind of want that. It's, yeah, it's fun. So yeah, I think I think you're right. Seven and a half. Yeah, I'd say right. I'd say seven and a half sounds about right. Uh, well directed, well acted, looks great. Still, will continue to look great. Yep. Uh, it's not gonna. It's not gonna lose. It's never gonna like. If the CGI still looks good twenty five years later, I imagine in fifty years nobody's gonna be like that. Looked bad. That's the thing. Yeah, I think in the age that we're at now, where we're used to watching fucking four K shit and all that stuff. Yeah. If this movie CGI still looks good, I don't think it's ever really. It's gonna never really bad, gonna fall off. I don't yeah. Think. So yeah, this is great and does make me kind of want to read the book. Yeah. I want. I want to. I want to give it a shot. Maybe. I'd like to see. I'd like to see more of like what she was going through at the time because it is interesting to me that a person who was going through not only uh, the loss of a child and alcoholism and developing OCD like in this deep depression could create this and then an entire series of novels following it and still be able to go back and deal with it like it's got to be exhausting got to be exhausting got yeah. to be exhausting man well cool stuff man next week on the show we're going to be talking about another vampire movie blade we're talking about blade that og marvel franchise uh-huh. that og black superhero uh-huh black panther what That's tell me right. about blade tell me about blade yeah a little less of a family friendly grow up to be that guy superhero than black panther yes but also uh a real badass so badass you don't even pay taxes <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I watched yeah. this movie. Like it's been a really yeah. Long I haven't time. seen it since the 2000s for sure. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think honestly. I I bet I probably saw this movie when I was like 19 or 20. Yeah, like it's been a long been time a since long I saw time. this. Yeah, been a long time since I saw the first or second, and I remember the third being not good. I remember that too. I remember the second. Second one, being one I think badass. is the best. I think yeah. the second one is the best. But again, I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah, maybe I go back and it's just dog yeah. shit. I don't know. But I look forward to going back and checking this out. Uh, it'll be fun to rewatch that. That'll be coming on the show next week. Steve, in the meantime, if these people have been enjoying the show and they want to say thanks by giving us a transfer of money symbols, mm-hmm. how do you think they could do that? Well, they could head on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Uh, you can become a $5 patron over there and you'll get to submit a movie title for a random drawing each month. This month is filled with Patreon picks. That's so right. just get in there. Even if you're uh if you're 
the mission doesn't get picked, we may have a vote or something like that. So go on over there, become a $5 patron. More than likely, we'll end up getting to your movie. Uh, also, we got t-shirts. Yeah, that's right. T-shirts. Get that Yeah, we're running low on some sizes. So if you, if you want your t-shirt, get to me. Let me know what your size is, and uh, I will get it to you. You can PayPal us on paypal.me forward slash dead and lovely. Huzzah. Huzzah. Yeah, thank what you guys so much for supporting us and buying that merchandise and supporting us on Patreon and stuff like that. Uh, you guys make our dreams come true. You make my dream come true. That is actually true. You've made my dreams come true. Oh, wow. I had a dream of not having zero money. <laughs> you had a dream of mailing a shirt. I did. I was like, well, what if only? If only I could mail a shirt uh-huh. to someone. Yep. You guys could follow us on social media, too, if you want to be like one of the cool kids and always know what's up over here at Camp Dad and Lovely. Yeah. Instagrams. At Dad Lovely Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast Group on Facebook. And also, we're on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube.com right. forward slash Dead and Lovely. YouTube millionaires we are. That's us. That's right. That's right. So yeah, you guys be sure to follow us. Check into the show next week. Rate and review on iTunes. Helps us out a fucking ton i've just seen a few reviews creeping up here lately i need more i need more reviews yeah to we help me want, make the donuts we don't want our reviews to be a creep oh no to be a weirdo to be a weird talk about another song i would love to just remove from movie soundtracks cover band shows anything uh, yeah i bet radiohead would song. love that too i bet they'd fucking love yeah because i know tom york doesn't they won't play it at shows when I did see Radiohead, Beck opened for them, and uh, he played Creep. Beck did? Yeah, he was wow. like, I know Tom's not going to do this. So, and then he started doing That's it, and he got, he got to the high part, and he was like, I can't do that. And they stopped. <laughs> I like it. I back that 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's where it's at. He's my favorite Scientologist. Yeah, a lot better than Tom Cruise. Him or Lizzie Moss. Yeah, better than Tom Cruise. Yeah. Fucking Billy Sheehan played bass for David Lee Roth. He's a, Steve Vai, all these guys. A Scientologist? He's, he's oh, like an no. old school, like 70s Scientologist. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been with them a long time. Wow. Man. So he's like, he's like for real. Yeah. Tom Cruise has been on that train a long time too, hasn't he? Yeah, he's stuck. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He and John Travolta are both stuck on it. Because seems like they've just be, revealed uh, something that they don't want anyone to know. Seems like it'd just be easier in 2019 to be like, we're gay. Yeah. If, yeah. I'm assuming whatever they're hiding is far worse than that. You're probably right. Yeah. yeah. Something has. came up nasty on that E-meter Yeah, stand. because in 2019, to come out as gay would mean nothing. Yeah. It would just be like, oh, okay, good. I bet you probably feel better now that you've said that. Yeah. But, there ha- yeah, there has to be something worse going on. The Scientologists right. know. Uh, probably right. Scientology. Well, you guys be sure to tune in next week. We'll be talking about Blade. We'll see you guys then. Hope everybody is doing well and enjoying this lovely month of No Vampire. You guys have been fantastic. We have been Lestat. Dead Lily. It's me, Lily. That's how we Wacky talks. vampire. I'm Lestat. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bob I, Dylan as a vampire. I, I, what I the want, fuck? Let's just remake Interview with a Vampire, but instead of sexy voices, they have wacky voices. Wack, real wackadoo. Real, real wackadoo. <laughs> I'm Lestat. Want to be a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Louie. I want to bite you. Oh, 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 oh. Trademark dead love. <laughs>
I'll tell you what, Steve. I had myself an evening to remember today. Yeah, yeah? I took my first big city grocery trip. Ooh, buddy. To a place called, tell me if you've ever heard of this, Publix. Publix. It's yeah. not privates. No, no. Privates Publix. is that strip club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right next door. That's Spelled the, with that's an the, X as well. The male strip club across the street yeah. from me where I live and watch and practice. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's private. <laughs> we went to a Publix. I'm going to tell you this, Steve. Yeah. They've got a little everything there. They do. Publix is a pretty good grocery store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was amazed. You have to go into a parking garage to get there. Oh, uh-huh. what? They have this thing where you get in the parking garage, you take an escalator up to the store, right? Whoa. So that means whenever you're done shopping, you take an escalator down. Get this, though. They have this little rig that you put your buggy on. It's like a roller coaster seen for your buggy full of groceries. I've seen one of these at the Target and Eagle Rock. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this yeah. in my fucking life. It's pretty life. cool. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Steve, when I say they had everything there, I mm-hmm. mean they had everything and everybody. Everybody. Uh-huh. I saw a woman there that was FaceTiming while she was grocery shopping. I've seen this before. I thought I'd what, seen it all. Was she wearing uh, earbuds or just out loud? Just out loud. Yep, I've seen this. Living uh-huh. loud and proud. I saw a guy one time uh, in line at a Ralph's, which is Kroger in California. And he was talking to a girl. He had her on speakerphone, and she was pouring her heart out to him about how her boyfriend was abusive. Jesus. And he's standing with 20 people wow. right in earshot. <laughs> Just talking loudly to her. And I, I wanted to crawl into a hole. Yeah. Just like, I don't want to be here. But also eavesdrop. Well, yeah. Also, like, man, why is she telling this guy? Like, he, the whole he time sucks. he's just like, uh huh. Yeah, it sucks. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like, good God. You can find somebody better to tell. I heard a woman there that was speaking with an English accent. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Did you, like, ask her to make you an English muffin or something to prove her Englishness? I checked out her cart. She had biscuits. What? English muffins. Mm-hmm. Marmite? <laughs> Any Marmite in there? Marmite. Uh-huh. She had that, what was, what's that British cereal? Wheatex or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Wheatix or... Something like that. Yeah. I saw a woman there, and I can't confirm this. Uh-huh. I saw a woman at the Publix. I think, I think she was a lesbian. Uh-oh. They have everything there. I, I, I don't know, Steve. Okay. She just had that air she, about her. Like you both looked at a woman and then nodded to each other. And it yeah. was like, ah, we get it. It was like that. Yeah. They had a little bit of everything. It was truly <laughs> Sounds like they only had women, though, except for you. Yeah. 